Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag three, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to person. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? My fellow Americans. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America. Independence Hall. This is where America made its declaration of independence to the world. Equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. The Republican Party today is dominated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. You can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. You can't love your country only when you win. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. I doubt it. You are fake news. Let's go, Brandon. Very fake news. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. I will eat your ass. I'll do it. Fuck around and find out. Jeez. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hi. Is it too communist for me to wish everyone a happy Labor Day weekend? Can I still do that? For sure. Okay. Well, my apologies if it's too communist for some of you, but I hope you're having a fantastic holiday weekend. Uh, Great show tonight. Um, later, uh, Later on, we will be joined by Nick in Florida, the man who was confronted by the ATF at his home over a solvent trap in the viral video clip that we saw last week. We'll get to that in the back half of the show. But first, of course, we will talk about Dark Brandon's unity speech from Thursday night. The only thing missing, I think, was the Sith robes. They forgot the wardrobe really didn't match the rest of the set. You know what I mean? They could have they yeah. could have dressed that yeah. up a little bit. But uh, you know, I, I'm convinced that this is simply just Biden or whoever runs Biden poking everybody with a stick saying, come on, don't you want to do another January 6th? Come on. Do a civil war. Come on. We need that as a camp made me want to do a civil war. It it was was right about there. I mean, that is pretty good play. If you're trying to highly effective. Yeah. You're trying to uh, provoke something like that. All right. I I see what you're doing. But to me, that's what this is. It is provocation, hoping to get something for campaign purposes from a group of people who have 
very little on which to legitimately campaign. But we'll talk about what they may or may not be trying to do with this. But don't worry about it, though. Uh, I, I suppose if they do, if they if they need a a, a campaign point, maybe the ten thousand million jobs that were reported in the the August jobs report, ten billion jobs. She meant I think to is, say ten million, right? No, she meant to say ten billion, ten thousand million. That's the accurate number. Uh, the economy is fine. Whatever the real number is, the not just fine, fantastic, record performance. Oh yeah, it's great. We'll talk about that. There are some uh, updates from the courtroom in the Mar-a-Lago raid. We have updates in the college volleyball N-word hoax, as well as an additional student-athlete hoax hate for you. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is No Country for Old Men. We'll catch up with your Super Chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low-down money grabbers. (coughs) You sound like Joe Biden giving a unity speech. (coughs) Just got something caught in my throat. (laughs) It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Of course, we also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Sonoran Defense Technologies. At Sonoran Defense Technologies, we understand that the two-way industry is a unique community with people from all walks of life who come together over the love of firearms and freedom. We also know that control and comfort when it comes to your firearms and gear is absolutely crucial. As such, we produce advanced stippling that provides a great-looking design with the performance to match. You will maintain a positive grip during even the most demanding situations, whether on duty or EDC. Sonoran Defense is renowned for our precision laser stippling on OEM Glock frames and CZ P0709s, which provides both aesthetic profiles and performance enhancements that are far superior to what factory textures provide the shooter. We also pride ourselves on great customer service and response time. We stand by all of our work and simply do not cut corners. It has to be perfect every time. Learn more about our brand and the full range of products and services at SonoranDefense.com. And remember, Snorin doesn't just make the coolest custom Glocks around. They can custom laser engraved magazines, knives, drinkware. They even laser engraved the artwork on the very PC that's streaming this show right now. Get 10% off everything from our friends at Sonoran Defense using promo code G's. That's J-E-E-Z at SonoranDefense.com for 10% off. Find everything you need from Sonoran Defense, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly, listener-owned businesses, including Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals by listeners, for listeners. Well, uh, I don't share uh, family photographs frequently. In fact, I don't think I've shared one of my young son since his birth one year ago. But Friday was baby Calvin's first birthday. So here is the, the before and after on the cake. And, uh, and yes, in the picture on the right, we did intentionally teach him (laughs) to sing Heil in celebration. That was the idea. The the intent. Don't tell the Scottish police about this. (laughs) because They will make us face justice. No, it was, it was, uh, he, he ate an unbelievable amount of that cake, so it was a great success. I know a lot of it looks like a mess, but a lot of it, uh, yeah, a lot of it, well, a lot of it made a mess later, I suppose you could say. But 
Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. And how quickly a year goes by as we were discussing, uh, earlier as well. So he's so cute. He's looking more and more like you, I think. Uh, it's hard to tell who he looks like more, but you know, his eyes are still blue. Um, I suppose, I don't know. People tell me he looks a lot like me. It's hard for me to, to see that this early, but I don't know. He's we'll looking how... less like a baby. It's kind of bumming me out, actually. <laughs> he's not as Michelin Man chunky as he was uh, a he short time he's ago. He's not even fat anymore. This is yeah. so sad. Well, once he started crawling, it's just like, you know, they yep. thin out. He's, he's burning so many more calories now. Is he walking just, yet? I don't even remember when that happened. It uh, depends on your definition, but over the weekend, he did take... He's doing the thing where he kind of grabs onto things like couches. Cruising. And yeah. Kind of shimmies side to side. But he did take a step or two unassisted. Uh, yesterday so i don't know if that he counts took his as, first steps yesterday i i oh would God. count them as the first steps because it was a situation where you have like a couch and a coffee table separated by a foot and a half to two feet but he did step one two between the two so yeah hand totally on counts. couch step one two over to Aww. coffee table yeah so oh you're fucked now uh, well that means it's dad time so i look forward to that <laughs> anyway uh it was uh, it was a good uh, birthday birthday weekend for young Calvin. Um, into the news, well, uh, I f- technically I think we owe we owe ourselves the designation of fake news for biting on this. Um, you are fake news. But based on sources, both public and private, we have to correct uh, correct the record and say that yes, the alleged on air raid of Gavin McInnes was indeed fake. He was not arrested. He is not in custody. Uh, this according to not only Owen Benjamin, who went public with private Instagram messages between him and Gavin, but according to other sources so- so- from Instagram, I thought it was text. I can't remember. I, I read in this story that it was Insta, but I, I don't know. Uh, but according to other s- sources uh, with whom we are familiar and also in the know. Yeah, he's not he, he was not arrested. He's not in jail. Uh, and if he was, there'd be some sort of record of that. Okay, so, I'll go out and say it. So I texted Gavin about this. I, was like, <laughs> I didn't want to out you. Okay, because um, I wanted to know what happened, and we had covered it on the show, and I don't like to be made a fool of. So I said, like, what happened, bro? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, well, what happened? He's like, nothing. I'll tell you later. And that was it. And that was it. And then I never heard from him again. Okay. So I don't know. Like, in my heart, I'm still hoping that this is not a hoax. But uh, it clearly is, and I feel like an idiot. Hmm. Well, as far as I'm aware, Gavin uh, himself has not spoken publicly about it yet, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna give him the chance to respond before I make a final judgment on the episode. But if there's not more to this story, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan. This this Why? is uh, it's Why crying wolf about, about a very believable scenario that a lot of people are worried about. Maybe there's an explanation for that. I don't know. But, but wouldn't he come out and defend himself at this point? It's. <laughs> I, I get the bit or I, I understand like, haha, gotcha. If you wait 10 minutes uh, at this point, we're waiting a week plus and that seems uh, a little odd, but little maybe there's odd. a reason for that. I hate being made a fool of. Hmm. I hate it. I was scared all week after this happened. Well, a lot of people were. Yeah. And and again, it's not some outlandish, bizarre, unique situation. It, it's a situation that's highly plausible and that people could see happening not only to him, but to 
people in his community, people who follow him, people who are also outspoken on the internet. Yeah. I know, especially so. with this like ATF raid and stuff like this is yeah. not, this was not an implausible scenario. Yeah. Well, we will uh, update with any additional information we hear. Uh, other very important news. The dream may already be dead. Recall ever since I became aware of him after his stellar college linebacker career for the Navy midshipmen. I have been a huge fan of Diego <clears throat> Fago. Careful. And it's his F A G O T. How else would you pronounce it? <gasps> Faggot. Faggot. <laughs> no, 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 no. Diego Fago and his quest to make an NFL team. He went undrafted in April, but the Baltimore Ravens did sign him. I am uh, ashamed to admit I am a terrible Fago fan because I didn't see the news when it broke. I'm now uh, nearly two weeks behind, but the Ravens have indeed cut Diego Fago. He's off the team. As of today, he remains unsigned. I hope this is not the end for uh, for young Diego Fago's football career. Not just his football career, but his prospects to ruin the announcer and play-by-play careers of anybody who is forced so to try people. to pronounce his name on air, which is really what I want to watch. But Godspeed to Diego Fago. I trust your glorious Jersey. We'll see the field sometime soon. Uh, other important news. Uh, another one of my, <laughs> I suppose one of my favorite fact checks in a while. Uh, fact check. No, Beto O'Rourke does not have monkey pox. Oh, According How has he not contracted it, uh, taking it in the ass as much as he does? Medical mystery. <clears throat> Miracle, in fact. <laughs> Last Sunday, August 28th, Beto had to postpone a campaign event due to coming down with an infection. Recall, he's running for governor of, of uh, Texas. Now, shortly after the announcement, social media users speculated without evidence, the fact checkers say, that he has monkeypox. That's the sort of infection that he has. Now, Reuters sent their fact-checking team to have this investigated, and Beto does indeed have a bacterial infection, they say. Their source, it's the same campaign that says he has a bacterial infection. They, <laughs> that was the fact-checking. Hey, does Beto have monkeypox? No, said the people who run Beto's campaign. Oh, well, I'm uh -huh. convinced. <laughs> it should be noted... Um, that Reuters did this whole uh, fact check and they said, look at all these crazy people uh, saying that uh, Beto has monkeypox. If you pull up the fact check here and they say, look here, here and here, look at these cases. And you go to Twitter and look what they're citing. Oh, this one's one of the big ones. They, there's one tweet that asks how Beto got monkeypox and has 6,500 likes. But if you look at the rest of their cases, uh, it's 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 tweets with like two likes. Mm. Yeah, there we go. They're fact checking tweets by randos with two likes. And I thought, hey, uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys have the time and the resources to fact check some guy with 10 followers on Twitter who says Beto has monkeypox. Uh, did you do a uh, thorough fact check on Dark Brandon's speech on Thursday night? No, they have not. Reuters has not done that yet. So they're doing the important fact checking work over at, uh, at Reuters. That's I'm sure actually someone's job. Is fact-checking Beto monkeypox claims from... What do you even Google? Uh, you you go to... You call up the Beto campaign and say, hey, does he have monkeypox? And they say no. And then you write a Is he a homosexual? I, no, he's not. He has, he's oh. married with kids, in fact, I think. You sure? Uh, that's the public perception. That's what they... So they was that Florida the meth prostitute guy? 
Uh, What's his name? Oh, Gillum? He was... uh, That guy's gay, for sure. No, but he he was married, and I'm pretty sure he had kids. Did he? I didn't know that. Let me see. Man, imagine how different things would be if Andrew Gillum was the governor of Florida (laughs) instead of Ron DeSantis. And it was pretty close. That race was pretty close back in 2018. Okay. Married with kids. I thought he was just openly gay for forever, but I guess not. And his marriage survived. She, he's still married? He's still I, married. I thought he was openly gay. No. Nope. He's still... What? Who am I... Uh, yeah. I must have mixed up this whole thing. Yeah, that, that dude is is straight. <laughs> okay. Well, as straight as you can be while having gay meth orgies, I guess, but... It was just right. one night. <laughs> you gotta... Everyone's gotta try it once, I suppose. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Dark Brandon um you know whatever so disturbing god well let me ask you what what do you prefer do you prefer the rise of brandon do you prefer the last malarkey okay or or do you prefer pedo hitler what's your favorite characterization of the speech well i I don't like people to talk to dunk on hitler in that way ah let's go with malarkey the last malarkey i think is uh is a, a nice clever one. The thing about this uh, rise of Brandon one is all the actual Biden fans were saying this makes him look cool. Like uh, the Daily Caller shared this meme and all the replies are way to make him look cool. He looks awesome in this. All right. Uh, as cool as the rise of Brandon could be. You realize in the rise of Skywalker, the Skywalkers are the good ones, right? Oh, you really got him. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Anyway, we'll go with the last people malarkey. serious. Y- yes. Yeah, they're. And of course, the the dark Brandon meme, this forced meme of dark Brandon has now been fully actualized. This is where we are. Um, And and of course, this was his uh, his his much promoted speech on restoring the soul of America. And as as I mentioned at the top of the show, I just want to offer some of my my general thoughts on this before we get into the speech itself. But I've seen a lot of commentary questioning. Well, how could they possibly have thought this was a good idea, a good idea in both optics and content? Because. You have the optics of this menacing red light on a historic American site. And you have the content of condemning millions of Americans as enemy threats, or at least by implication, oh, if not directly. Oh, this is brilliant, don't and you And then think? they, well, yeah. yeah, that's the thing is, the, I don't, I, I, whatever's going on here, it's not accidental. It's not, what were they thinking? How could they have? No, everything here is deliberate. With the possible exception, the only thing I'll say on the optics that might be accidental. When you look at the wider camera angles, they did light up the, de- the uh, independence hall in Philadelphia. Wait, in did you almost blue- say the death star? <laughs> the death star. Yeah. They did do blue and red light. It's just that the camera cropping when, it, when it's tighter on him, when he's speaking only picks up the red. Then that they could had to know that too. Come on. I've, Maybe that's just plausible deniability. Why didn't I don't know. they just do if they didn't want to be creepy AF? Why didn't they just do blue and then do red as the the smaller lights? Yeah, I, I don't know what the thinking was. And even with the blue, it's not like it looks pro America and happy. It still looks incredibly dark, ominous, sort of scary. It's the most menacing of colors, red. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a reason it's like <laughs> there's a reason it goes so well with Star Wars Sith lords, you know. Mm. Um, okay. But even if I wanted to believe that this was that the red in the frame was an accident and, and everything about the speech wasn't tightly coordinated with CNN and the rest of them beforehand, 
the content of the speech was certainly no accident. And um, it is reported. I was reading the Biden team consulted with historians to write this speech for hours. Uh, who these people are. I would love to read their or understand their uh, portrayal of, of history because it's an awfully odd one, as we'll get to. Historians um, that understand the backlash of right wing authoritarianism, because <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think that these people understand what they're getting into. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, or they they do and they want it, I suppose. But I, I don't think anybody no one has... wants that except for me. He, uh, yeah, you might have, uh, you might have, uh, odd allies in the speech writing team mm. with uh, dark Brandon here. But of course, Biden repeats several times throughout how evil and threatening you are. If you oppose him or dare to question how he's even in this position of power. Um, my point is that none of this is by accident. I think that this is all intentional for one of two purposes. One would be to provoke an attack, which they could then use to run on in the fall. Uh, they know they have nothing. They know the country is falling apart. They know that if they play nice guy, well, that's not going to help them because voters aren't going to be persuaded to their side by the state of the country in general. So you try to set up threats and boogeymen and you try to bait them into some sort of attack or perceived attack so that they can play the victim and sell the fear. Or two, maybe it's even more advanced. There's a plan to move on from Biden already. And this speech is a literal set piece as in this is done to provoke right wing rage. Then they get rid of Biden and say it was right wing extremists who did this. This, These are my two theories of what we're watching here. Okay, and you, I'm with you. You have to consider all of this in sequence with uh, with the Mar-a-Lago raid and the rest. They're, these are steps in a process. This is all deliberate. There's something they're doing here. And uh, the idea that it's all that it's all some accident by an intern who set well, who up bad lighting that? or something. There, there so, was half, half a dozen meetings just based on the, the optics of this. Yeah. And that's, there's no accident here. Um, and I want to talk about the Mar-a-Lago raid and how that fits into this in just, uh, um, just a minute. Uh, cause I think it does, but before we do that, let's, uh, let's talk about the speech itself. Of course. Um, unless you, did you have any general thoughts that you wanted to offer before we do that? Um, generally, I think that this was highly effective. I mean, didn't you feel real murdery after watching it? Um, uh, but hypothetically, Susan, sure. We have to be really careful not to fall into this trap. Um, something else, even as small as January 6th, would lend to their mission. Yeah, I, th- I think that's all we're watching. Um, now, of course, um, the heart of the speech is calling at least some of his political opposition a threat to the country. But you know, being being labeled an enemy of the state is not uh, actually what bothers me the most. What bothers <laughs> me the most are the insane contradictions in the speech. Because you can hate me. That's fine. I I'm, I was under no illusion. Otherwise, I know they hate me. Them telling me they hate me again doesn't actually bother me that much. But I just want at least the courtesy of being hated for sensible, consistent reasons. Instead, it has to be wildly hypocritical nonsense contradictions. That's what bothers I you. I don't want to be hated for lies about you know, about me, us, about any, but it's, it's hated for bullshit reasons. That's what bugs but me. Because of your demographic, you're going to be lied about your entire life. Anyway. I know. Well, I suppose, I, I suppose I better get used to it, but, um, but <laughs> in, in terms of all the ways, this is contradictory, ahistorical, just, just hypocritical nonsense. Uh, it starts with the very way that he frames the speech itself. He's at independence hall in Philadelphia. The site of the signing of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, of course, he makes that point very clear. 
And he says the reason that he's there is to reintroduce our founding values, which he characterizes as equality and democracy. Oh, my eyes are going to get stuck like this. And MAGA Republicans uh, hate those things, equality and (laughs) democracy. And actually, they hate the truth itself. Equality and democracy are the rock upon which this nation is built. Equality and democracy are under assault. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, first of all, uh, fact check. This country was not built on equality and democracy. How many times do I have to say this is a constitutional republic? Democracy destroys societies. So in that way, he's right. I do hate equality and democracy because equality, too, is a farce. There is no equality amongst any group of people. Yeah. There Uh, never will be. No. And and of course... He, he doesn't. Um, well, I want to speak about that a little bit. His his concept of equality uh, is not what is referenced in the Declaration. Interestingly, these are the foundational values of the Declaration of the Constitution, equality and democracy. Do you know how many times democracy is referenced in either document? None. Zero times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know uh, equality is referenced in the, the Declaration in terms of our uh, equality in our of right. opportunity equality yeah. before the law by extension in the legal structure that we've created Which they have bastardized probably worse than any other administration they mean forced equality they mean using yeah. the law to enforce equal outcome which is they mean a, a demand of equity yeah exactly which is and, not the same thing yeah and getting a lecture a constitutional lecture from a guy who unconstitutionally tried to fire everyone who didn't want the vaccine who unconstitutionally prohibited landlords from evicting deadbeat tenants and then continued to do it after it was ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. But he re- he respects all the institutions so much. A guy who provably works, as more evidence came out just this last week, provably works to censor American citizens on social media. A guy who openly lusts for disarming American citizens, as he did earlier in the week. There's almost nothing about the Constitution that he upholds in any way. And if the original men of Independence Hall, he claims to be representing, if they were here to see what he's talking about and doing, uh, they would have him tarred and feathered and tossed in the harbor. So it's 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 just laughable to uh, to stand up there and act as though he's anything but a redcoat in that context. Um. But uh, and you, know, you you hit on these points of uh, equality and democracy, so I will um, I, I won't go over those again. But uh, but the only the only thing I would say is is it's frustrating too with referencing the founding fathers as though democracy was a value they envisioned. Almost everything about the Constitution is it's built protective against democracy, <laughs> against tyranny of the majority, yeah. whims of the mob. That's not to say the intent was for. Um, the intent was against democratic systems within the states, I suppose. But when you read the Constitution, you read the Declaration, democracy is not the highest value in any plausible read. The protection of the rights of the individual and the states to maintain autonomy over their own affairs is. Maximizing freedom, maximizing the liberty of the individual and the states is. The federal government has a light touch of legitimate uh, 
function to to make sure that that whole arrangement stays intact. But th- this idea that national mob rule was the intended design is just it's just laughable, of course. But um, it is what the average American believes. It, it seems like we've all been propagandized into that, that somehow uh, mob rule, majority tyranny was the vision for the system when in fact it's one of the uh, more it's one of the major things they were trying to mitigate against it was only stupid people believe that yeah but if you if you don't take the time to read those documents and you just have people tell you what's in there uh, i suppose you might believe it democracy like a lot of their ideas it's one of those things that sort of sounds right gut level on a surface level but then you start thinking about it. It clearly can't be the highest value because if if 51% of us vote to murder someone, does that make murder right? Of course not. So there's something, there's some sort of higher value beyond that. But we're supposed I to wish believe we could that. do that right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a democratic tarring, in fact. Okay? <laughs> I kind of like um, it, huh? Now, as far as smearing you as an extremist threat, Biden did qualify not all. I have to be fair with him. But even this was... Totally incoherent. Um, he says not all Republicans or people who oppose him, I suppose, are extremist MAGA terrorists. Only a lot of them who all but run the whole party. And he goes on to describe a series of of common conservative views as being part of the MAGA Republican extremism. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights. Okay. Oh my God. It's so infuriating. I love how he just slips in right to privacy after right to choose. <laughs> uh, how about right to kill your own child, right to plow some random dude in the ass. And nobody's trying to take away anybody's right to do that anyway. It's just, it's just equal treatment in terms of marriage. It's it, that that's so preposterous, such a preposterous statement. Well, um, and, and the these thing euphemisms are just, the thing that's frustrating too, is you, you have really two categories here. Number one, there are people who are, are pro-life uh, people who are pro-traditional marriage. And then there are people who may or may not be pro or anti on those things, but, but fundamentally believe that this is, these are states rights, uh, state uh, issues to decide because they're not constitutionally delegated to the federal government. So even if you're just a person who says, well, I could see arguments on both sides, but these are you don't have a constitutional right to an abortion. How do I know? It's not in there. You don't have a constitutional right to a gay marriage. How do I know? It's not in there. Right, right. There and this, be- this thing about them being the, the bastions of, of choice, of individual liberty, after they shoved this jab thing in my <laughs> face, like I can't yeah. do anything because I'm unvaccinated, is just... It's just an incredible assertion for them to make in the face of 2020 yeah. and 2021. And, and, and so it's not even just what you think on these issues that makes you extreme. It's it's even if you hold the opinion, I don't think this is actually the federal government's domain or I don't think that the Constitution extremist. has anything to say about this. So therefore, it's a state issue to decide that makes you an extremist. And, and even there's a lot of sleight of hand in what he says 
about supposed non-extreme Republicans, too. There are a lot of these Republicans are totally fine. I know because I work with them. The definition of non-extreme is someone who's willing to work with you politically. Why? Why can't I refuse to work with you politically? Because I disagree with everything you do on matters of principle. That's true, though. And for that reason, I don't really have a problem with this labeling. I In today's society, if this is the norm, then I would only be happy if I were an extremist. I'd only be able to live with myself yeah. if I were a domestic extremist. <laughs> you know, you know who is an extremist, at least retroactively? Joe Biden. Joe yeah. Biden used to believe abortion was a state's issue to decide. Uh-huh. Joe Biden mm-hmm. used to oppose gay marriage. Yeah, it doesn't matter. People he was an extremist memories. 15 years ago. <sighs> OK. But Biden, th- this this is actually the part that drives me the, the most crazy. Um, when he talks about the legit, the illegitimacy of political violence and talks about how he know he knows history. So uh, he says he's in front of Independence Hall and he knows his American history. And that's why he knows that political violence is never, ever, ever legitimate. Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is where America made its declaration of independence to the world. I know this nation, and I know our history. We here, you've heard it. More and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool. It's not. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None, ever. We can't be uh, pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. They're incompatible. Was he seriously just talking about the revolution, revolutionary war and then say that there's no place for political violence yes. in America? That's fucking retarded. Yes. Political violence has been uh, warranted and a way of solving problems in every major conflict throughout world history. Yes, not even our revolution. But if you believe that there's a good guy in any given armed conflict, then the that's, answer. That's political violence. And the, and the answer <laughs> is to to usurp the power through violence. Uh for him to say you can't be pro-america and pro-insurrection that they're incompatible that is to deny the spirit of the revolutionary war itself uh we committed a violent insurrection against the crown why because the crown violated our natural rights so in in that sense you can't be pro-america and anti-insurrection because there's no america without an insurrection uh and biden loves the declaration so much the document that was signed in that uh very building uh let's have a read quote whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends those ends being securing the rights of life liberty property and or the pursuit of happiness it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government pray tell how does one do that through non-violent means thomas jefferson also had a line about watering certain trees and Mm. Susan, this is not me advocating political violence in general. It is to say that when certain moral standards are violated, there are there are no options out of that immoral arrangement other than defending yourself out of it in this context. Right. Um, so, <laughs> well, they know that. Why do you think they're trying to um, to weaken the majority of Americans' ability to own guns and gun yeah. accessories, which if, we'll talk if, about later. If the founding fathers he claims to revere, if they were all in that building behind him, and they answered the dilemma of their time with his same answer, never. It's never okay. Sorry, it's never okay to declare independence. Sorry, it's never okay to fight for that. We don't have a country. All right, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. 
now that we're in power funny now that we're in power there's been a moral realization and suddenly political violence is never okay well if we can't use political violence then the only thing that i can think of is that uh, in mass we stop paying our taxes yeah it's uh that that could do it but of course what would the answer to that be it would be the irs uh, is going to shoot our faces off That's he would say happen. political violence go get them this yeah, guy's exactly. justified though all right um let's see oh he also had some uh real doozies on patriotism and uh uh respecting political differences so biden continues saying that maga extremist republicans only love their country when they win and uh, that's not going to hold because we all have to be willing to accept uh, political differences. You can't love your country only when you win. American democracy only works only if we choose to respect the rule of law and the institutions that were set up in this chamber behind me. Only if we respect our legitimate political differences. Uh, more sort of sleight of hand there. Uh, notice the phrasing. Legitimate political differences must be accepted. And guess what? It just so happens that everything you disagree with him about is illegitimate. Illegitimate. Your pro-choice, that's illegitimate. The court should make a national standard for that. Your pro-traditional marriage, that's illegitimate. Court should make a national standard for that as well. Uh, this man accepts states making their own political decisions, their own legitimate, politically different decisions um, as far as I can tell, in absolutely no context, and I mean this seriously in, in good faith, I was trying to think earlier, what is an issue that Joe Biden thinks doesn't belong to the federal government? Is there one? And I can't name one. No. Maybe he would say um, states can set their own speed limits or something like that. I don't know. I can't think of anything of significant consequence. He does not want centralized in the federal government, all while lecturing you about respecting legitimate political differences just name one name a legitimate political difference that we're allowed to manage ourselves in our own states i'd, I'd be happy to hear it uh and as far as this nonsense about um be, oh, be, you're only patriotic when you win i hate to break it to you joe the polling shows the opposite is actually true that in general it's democrats who lose patriotism when they're not in power um a 538 breakdown in 2018 uh demonstrates that Republicans in general, in general, are commonly, or that they, according to the polling data, commonly consider themselves more patriotic. But specifically, Democrat patriotism dips when they're not in presidential power. In 2013, under Obama, 82% of Democrats said they were very or somewhat patriotic. By 2018, under Trump, uh, same poll, only 71% of Democrats said they were very or somewhat patriotic. Republicans remained closer to constant, 92% saying they are uh, patriotic in 2013, 97% saying they were patriotic in 2018. That's a YouGov poll, according to a Gallup poll cited in this same 538 piece. Uh, Self-reported Democrat patriotism dropped significantly after Trump's election over 10 points. Republicans consistently self-reported higher patriotism throughout uh, the Obama years than Democrats did through the Trump years. Mm. But yes, they're the real patriots. They're the they're the people of principle who uh, they, they only care about maintaining the institutions. They care about that more than they care about winning. That sounds about right. Uh, at multiple points in the speech, uh, multiple people, apparently, I thought it was one guy, but I guess there was more than one people in the crowd start, uh, started shouting, fuck Joe Biden. And at least one of them had a megaphone. Mm -hmm. It's hard to hear in this uh, recording, but um, 
but you can hear it softly in the background. After the 2020 election, as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections, they tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. (laughs) The record, never forget, most popular president. I don't see any information about what happened to these hecklers. I'd assume they were just removed. I didn't see any news about um, arrests or detainment or anything like that. Uh, Biden defended his hecklers saying, quote, they're entitled to be outrageous. But why would be my question. They're clearly MAGA extremist threats to the country. Why are they entitled to be outrageous? Why should they be defended? How can you stand up there and say we have an existential threat to the country, but also that guy who's heckling me on their behalf? He's fine. Let him be. Well, if he's fine, then if he's fine actively heckling you, why am I not fine sitting here thousands of miles away minding my own damn business? Why am I not fine? Again, completely incoherent. Uh, And as embarrassing as all of this was, it was still, uh, I would say, not the most embarrassing commentary from the president this week alone. I mentioned this to you on Wednesday because it's just downright hilarious. Tuesday, Biden was doing a speech in uh, Wilkes. Is it Wilkes-Barre? I, 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 I think pronounce so. Wilkes-Barre, Wilkes-Barre, Wilkes-Barre. Someone in Pennsylvania tell me conclusively. I'm going to go with Wilkes-Barre because that's how I that heard sounds it. sounds right. Yeah. Right. Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, giving a speech about policing and gun control. And Biden went on one of those corn pop style tangents. And he said um, when, when, when he was younger, he used to take trips with his late son, Bo, over to East Wilmington. This in Delaware, of course. And it was a very dangerous high crime area, but it was worth it because that's where all the best basketball was. Oh, God. My deceased son, Bo, he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. And what he used to do is go down on the east side, the what called the bucket, highest crime rate in the country. There's a place where I used to, I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area, on the east side. And you know where the, you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is and the best basketball in the city is. <laughs> it's where everybody shows up. That's where, that's where they all showed up, corn pop included. How come when I say that I'm racist? Uh. Well, I had to cut it for time, but Biden went on to praise the fried chicken, watermelon and grape Kool-Aid that was served at the postgame picnics. Uh, unfortunately, Joe and Bo, they, the, Joe and Bo had to walk home from those basketball games, though, because someone stole their bikes. That's how that story ended. <laughs> if he can get away with it, we can all get away with it. It's true. All right. I mean, he's not wrong. I, I'm sure that story is probably true. I'm not I'm not saying, well. They do have the best basketball slash fried chicken. Uh, I guess slash I, car thieves. I guess I'm saying the general themes that he's describing are could be true. Um, I have my doubts that Joe and Bo. I guess he didn't say we went in and played basketball, did he? He's just saying they had the best basketball. So There's no way they I played in the basketball. I'm a Democrat. Can I say whatever I want? All I time? guess. I guess that's Can how you I get the license. freely use the N-word in public? Uh, no, as we'll get to later in the hoax hate, you cannot do that. Probably even if you're uh, even if you're one of the good guys. <sighs> All right. So uh, on Friday, Biden was uh, asked, hey, um, are over uh, are, are half of voters rather actually uh, extremist threats to the country? Is that what you meant? Half of voters are really uh, extremist uh, terrorists. 
And Biden forgot what he said just the day prior. And he said he meant only those who call for violence and who deny election results. Mr. President, do you consider, Mr. President, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? I mean, none of us? Anyone who calls for the use of violence fails to condemn well now i'm offended but for a different reason well what's that no none of us are like really i'm not a threat to this country not oh, at man. all uh, yeah i guess we're getting slighted hmm. by, by this standard though hillary clinton maga extremist Denied the 2016 uh, election and in many instances refused to condemn the violence of 2020. And again, it's not just calling for violence. He says if you refuse to condemn the violence um, by this standard, his own vice president, Kamala Harris, raising funds to bail out rioters in the summer of 2020, MAGA extremist. And if changing the rules is a threat to democracy in a MAGA extremist way, Biden's presidency itself is that threat. All right. This is not even me saying it's illegitimate. It's fraudulent. I'm not, there's no denying as a matter of fact that the methods of voting that we used in the 2020 election were a historical anomaly. We changed the rules all over the country on oh, behalf yeah. of coronavirus, supposedly. But, it, but if you're if the principle here is you can't change election rules or you're a MAGA extremist, your presidency is the result of changed election rules. So I don't know what you're talking about there. And this isn't even what he said on Thursday. He just the next day, he says, well, I was only talking about uh, people calling for violence, the denying election results. No, you you were talking about pro-choice people and people yeah. who believe in traditional marriage. It was very explicit. I don't know how you deny that. Maybe he's just forgetful. But apparently they are, they're still scrambling to figure out the messaging because he came out just this morning and he went back to what he was saying on Thursday. The MAGA agenda, now it's the agenda, represents an extremist, represents an extremism that threatens the very foundation of the republic. Doesn't respect their constitution, doesn't believe in the rule of law, and it doesn't recognize the will of the people. And then they're trying some other branding. It's actually MAGA proposals that are a threat to the very soul of the country. And uh, as grand old memes on uh, Twitter depicts, I'm not sure I've ever heard of someone offering a MAGA hat in proposal, but... This this is a big threat to the soul of the country. Do not give your lovely lady a red hat in place of a uh, a ring. Don't do it. No, that'd be that'd be super lame. <laughs> what about a tiny red hat on a ring? How about that? Fine, I guess. As long as there's a diamond under the hat. Mm, no, no diamonds. They don't right. hold their value. Okay, sapphire under the hat. Fine. All right. <laughs> is it? I get what he means, like MAGA ideas, MAGA policy. It, it is weird phrasing that MAGA proposals are a threat right. to the very soul of this country. Because the thing about proposals, it's like it's it's they such aren't a, initiated yet. Yeah, it's like, number one, that's not a thing that's in power. But number mm-hmm. two, how could a proposal? I suppose a proposal could be extremist. But the point is, a proposal is pursuant to the system. Hey, here's an idea I propose to the system for consideration. It's like you wanted to say MAGA thoughts, but then had to find yeah. some sort of a synonym that was like less, you know, dictatory. I, I guess what I'm thinking is um, propose. 
if it's truly extremist, it's not proposed. It's imposed. It is yeah. forced upon you. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, here's a thought for consideration. Right. Very courteous fascism. Does he mean like a radicalization? I think he just means their ideas, like what they would what they would propose for policy. But well, we clearly did an ineffective job sufficiently radicalizing people in 2016. Well, they're, they're going to finish the job themselves very quickly here. Um, the real issue, I think, is they have no idea what they mean themselves. And I think that they don't have to. They're just trying to I don't think that they're trying to, to test this for uh, public appeal. I think they're trying to test it for outrage. If, if I believe in this sort of uh, bait theory, this provocation theory. But who do they mean? Do they mean that certain people are a threat? Do they mean that certain actions are a threat, certain ideas? They didn't get uh, specific ahead, uh, ahead of time. And so they're trying different ways of being specific uh, now. Corinne Jean-Pierre offered an even more preposterous definition of what extremism is before the president's speech on Thursday. She said anybody who isn't with the majority is an extremist. Is extremist, yeah. Again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. I'm not going to. That's what I have for you, Phil. <laughs> okay. So fine. I have no problem calling myself an extremist. Well, that just I, means everybody else is dumb to, to your point. It's a relative term relative to what I'm extreme relative to what if I am on the polar opposite from these people, I wouldn't consider that to be an insult either. But uh, Mm. I I find this logic hilarious. There are two groups. There's a 51 percent mob and then there's the extremists. Forty nine percent are extremists because they're slightly outnumbered. I guess my question would be what happens if 2% from the mob walks over to the extremist side, does the mob then become extremist or how, how do we iron this out? Because majorities change over time, you know, like what, what she would consider to be a majority approved policy today, 10, 20 years ago would have been a fringe minority. How does like what the transfer between extremism and commonly accepted majority view I guess I don't, I don't understand her reasoning. I don't understand. No, uh, that's, that's a preposterous assertion because it's like, um, it's like a bell curve. You know, most people believe something within one to two standard deviations of like absolute centrism, which is now left leaning, but extremism, which would be three standard deviations are like a full on communists on the right or, or on the left, which mm-hmm. is, that's how it should be. Um, although that's, you know, more commonplace now. And then, um, on the right, it would be, uh, straight up right wing authoritarianism, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, her, but it's not her, like that anymore. Her definition is anybody who thinks something unapproved by the majority, which yeah. is it's much, much broader than the, the fringe ends. But anyway, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a morally preposterous uh, framework, too. It's like if, if 51% of people support murder or a terrorist attack, those things aren't extreme. If 51% of people support the camps, the camps are not extreme, so don't worry about it. We could use this to our advantage, though. <laughs> we just got to convince 51% and then it's licensed to do whatever you want. Well, they're doing a pretty good job, right? I suppose. Or at least they want to. They want you to think they are. But I think that Even a lot of this is... boomer conservatives don't want to be told that they're extremists. That's probably true. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody takes kindly to uh, 
all but being called a terrorist. A lot but of I this, think this is awesome. Yeah. Well, I suppose there are a couple different ways to look at it. One is uh, a massive insult. The other is like uh, a, a, a bizarre compliment of sorts where and being the opposite of you, I will take as a feather in my cap. I suppose. Oh yeah, totally. It's yeah. validating. It's like morally validating to be called a terrorist by these people. <laughs> uh, well, blonde's transformation into uh, Islamic society continues pretty soon. Yeah. The hijab will go on. Too bad they aren't white. <laughs> You can be a white ISIS bride. There are plenty of those. No, no. But what I want is like white Christians that have the the hellfire harshness of Muslims. Well, you're going to have to go do an internship to figure out how they do it. Mm. Trump responded. Speaking of Wilkes-Barre. Trump spoke last night in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania as well, and responded to uh, Biden's speech mocking Biden's lighting and declaring Biden an enemy of the state. The most vicious, hateful and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president vilifying 75 million citizens as threats to democracy and as Enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth? The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is circling around him. Do this to that Joe. By the way, the next morning he forgot what he said. You saw that. They asked him about, oh, I didn't think I said that, did I? Oh, no. How'd you like the red lighting behind him like the devil? <laughs> He's got charisma, that guy. Yeah. Uh, some had speculated that Trump might announce at this event. Uh, he did not. I think that's another thing they're trying to bait, though, with the Mar-a-Lago raid and this this uh, dark Brandon speech. Pull Trump in so that we can run against him. I think there's a lot of that going on, too. Oh, dude, what are we going to do? I can't vote for him again. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm conflicted on the matter of uh, what who I should want to run. Whether I should even care about federal officials at all anymore, which we talk about a lot, but let's say that I do. Uh, it's not it's not politically rational, but I do want to see the end of the Trump saga, like the storytelling. I want to see the end of the story. We all have irrational reasons for wanting to vote for him. Yeah. Like, I the the reason the tr the true reason that I can't get back on board with this one, I'm emotionally exhausted from 2016 still. And the other reason is that uh, he really instituted all of this vaccine nonsense. Hmm. They're going to flip the script and start blaming him for all these cardiac events. They already have kind of. They started blaming him for rushing it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, if one person, irrespective of political orientation, came out and was anti-vax, I, th I think that I could probably get behind them, basically, hmm. no matter what they were saying. It's the best proxy for somebody that's going to try to change the script a little bit, right? But like Trump, he's he it, I understand that it's it's fun to watch him try to destroy the media and some other institutions. But but he is, um, you know, he's part of the swamp. He always he always was. Uh, I, I certainly agree that he did things I'm not a fan of. Um, I think on obviously unbalanced, the country was in much better shape under him For, than it is under sure. Biden. Yeah. And and uh, so if I if I had to choose, that's what I'm going to choose. But but I'm under this is not the sort of thing of like savior of the Republic types stuff. we have to dismantle the power of the federal government that has and to happen. Trump is not going to do that. Uh, no, I, I don't think that he's necessarily, I don't think that he's a, a person who's 
even though I think he has good instincts most of the time, I don't think he's in- incredibly clear on principle. And I don't think that would play out as a matter of principle. That said, I <laughs> to return back to what I was saying, I have to see the end of this story. I know that's a stupid reason to cast a vote, but but if I... Well, it's a stupid reason to vote for him because you think he's going to be the savior of of the of the conservative yeah. party, uh, even though he already basically failed in a term to do I, that. I just I just want to see where this goes. <laughs> That's about it. But I suppose I have a year plus to to think about it. Um, and if if it ends up being Trump against Biden again, we had this situation where both of them were campaigning in Wilkes-Barre this week that created an opportunity for a side-by-side comparison of the crowds and the energy. Now, different venues, that's true, but it is the same town. And you might uh, say that the different venues are simply out of necessity by the demand. Check out the side-by-side. Trump first, obviously. Point is, we ask so oh, much of you, so much of you. Oh man! Wow. Yeah, he was very popular. People loved him. Yeah, I loved uh, him. I loved America when I loved Trump way more than I do now. <laughs> I still love America. I I cuck on that. Why? I, well, as we've discussed many many times, I think that the uh, founding principles are morally correct and ought to be defended. I think that we've betrayed them. But that doesn't mean that I think that the uh, the ideal that this country was built on is faulty or flawed. I think it's. Uh, yeah, but I think when it's do we live fantastic... in a time where they weren't being betrayed? Uh, let's say maybe like seventeen ninety one. That's not a great run, man. That's <laughs> you. You could argue a few decades like, there. Yeah. You could argue things started to go downhill as recently as um, after the Civil War, not for the reasons of slavery or something like that. Don't get me wrong, but because we sort of redefined the relationship between the federal government and the states after and that. states. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a disaster, and we we set this precedent that it's going to be impossible for any uh, serious secession attempt to um, to go through. Hmm. Well. They're going to bait you into it. Come on, try a secession. Come on, come on. All right. We are, uh, we're getting a little bit behind time here, so I'll, I'll keep us moving on, but, uh, let's see. Should we take a break? Maybe we take a short break and we'll talk about the jobs report and the Mar-a-Lago, uh, rate updates before we get to our, uh, our friend, sure. Nick jobs report. Things are really turning around oh, in this country. Just, just wait. The news is excellent. Ugh. Um, let's see. I'm yeah, ready sure. to go. I yep. bought PN. That's my boy. Uh, no note. Thank you for uh, supporting the show. Very much appreciated. Uh, let's see. Daniel Kunkel. We love you. You're very special. Says, I often get discouraged when people abuse their authority, but on occasion, accountability happens. Project Veritas exposed discrimination in Connecticut schools against Catholics and people have been removed. I didn't see that. Yes, it was excellent. Project Veritas does such good work. I don't know why people in the dissident right think they're like controlled opposition or something. It's like hmm. excellent video after excellent video. Yeah, it was this. Um, Oh, I don't know what his position was. I think he was a principal of a school or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I don't hire Catholics because it's a proxy for conservatism. And then he just straight up is talking about how he's trying to institute a communist agenda in the school. How fine do you think these honeypots are? <laughs> I, I does, don't know how they're repeatedly doing this. They must be so hot. Th- the FBI is going to be asking Project Veritas for tips on how to recruit these women. Uh, you're saying it was a public school? 
Th- and they were. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I'll have to check it out. We have a, a whole bunch of chats from a variety of apes. And they all seem to be skeptical of federal power. Private okay. planes ape says the federal government is malfunctioning. Corporal uh, concrete ape says the federal government is misbehaving. Lieutenant Lake ape says the federal government is threatening. Captain Canyon ape says the federal government is conspiring. Major mountain ape says the federal government is plotting. It seems like this is going somewhere. I got to read these carefully. Colonel cave ape says the federal government is vengeful. General great. Why do you, ape. you read plotting and you're like, this is anti-Semitic. Is that what you just did <laughs> no, in your mind? No, no, it's just like all these names and all this theme. It's like, this is how you get trapped into reading something and then realizing <laughs> this is how you do what that coach at uh, the university of Oklahoma did. You read something out loud and then realize oh, the yeah. great sin you've committed. <laughs> General great ape says the federal, the federal government is treacherous Sergeant snow ape. So these must all be variations of Sergeant snow ape. We've heard from, for uh, it's chat many times before, of course, the federal government is illegitimate. Sergeant Snow Ape also says a, a second time with a different variation of the same name. The federal government is illegitimate. Uh, thank you for uh, your uh, support for the show. And uh, I would it agree with trap. the, I would I agree with the general. Uh, hold him all right. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with, with Isaac and Jacob. Heirs with him of the same promise. That's Hebrews eleven nine. Thank you for that. And also from Holden, um, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance as he went out, not knowing where he was going. Does this mirror your Bible study ever? Uh, well, no, we're not. Uh, we're only reading John's gospel. So these are, right, right. this is of course, scripture that we have not covered. But uh, Thank you for that. But I do know Holden Mulray uh, participates from time to time. So uh, so that is appreciated as well. And thanks for supporting the show, man. Robin D. Banks. Y'all forget Becca here. 2022 is the year of the red pill. Think about Joe's speech where he declared a glorious thousand year Reich. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he be doing that if he thought he was winning? They're desperate. That That's true. But it's also um, not a total shot in the dark that this could initiate some kind of... Um, small right-wing event that they would blow up as yeah. some catastrophic thing. Like January 6th was nothing. Nothing really happened except a conservative got shot and then a bunch of cops had heart attacks and killed themselves and stuff. Um, I mean, what else happened? Well, there was certainly plenty of property damage. There were crimes that were committed and, and ought to be held accountable. There were adorable, mischievous crimes going on. There were okay? grandmas stepping like, yeah, there wasn't this like Black Lives Matter burning cities yeah. to the ground, murdering no, people stuff, you know, yeah. the, the body count of the summer of love is is a couple dozen, if I'm not mistaken. So they're so outrageous. I'm yeah. holding more for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. God bless you both and your families. God bless you too, Holden. We appreciate it. Robin D. Banks. Blonde and I once made hate. There we were watching a basketball game, cheering our team. I got a little excited and I said, you go, my n-word everyone looked and gasped we're sorry we didn't mean it we did mean it we meant it <laughs> thank seriously, you seriously also robin um at least now we know uh where the nazi boys are now if things go pear-shaped in 50 years the left will be making jokes about differences between conservatives and pizzas went up and <laughs> on that note we'll thank you robin <laughs> we love you you're very special hey uh, is that clip new no i've had that for a while oh 
Uh, Grim Turd says, been a minute since I could see both of your beautiful faces live. Wondering if your code for Sonoran Defense is valid for a gift card, as I'd love to hook my brother up with one so he can customize his Glock. Cheers. Uh, that I don't know, but I would encourage you to inquire with uh, Sonoran Defense and mention that you heard uh, of them through the show and use the promo code G's in the email. And uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, eager and happy to make a deal with you. And um, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they'll uh, sort that out for you. So uh, thanks for thanks for asking. And I hope uh, I hope you'll reach out to them. Robin D. Banks uh, says Matt and I once made pie. He pounded on my front door like the ATF before we unified in the biblical sense, sending 10,000 swimmers to go look for jobs in my uterus. Didn't happen, but Becca had to read it. This one was meant for oh, ha-ha. you to read. Oh, my God. Look at that joke on your ass. Look at that big, juicy booty. Ew. Can we circle back? Logan, I'll read one more. Logan Orr says, uh, flew my first plane. Uh, the other day, it was almost as awesome as the aftermath of an Australian painter getting kicked out. Oh, Austrian, not a, <laughs> Austrian painter getting kicked out of uh, art school. What would Australian Hitler be like? I don't know. Good day. Like a little funny. Uh, I don't know. I, there's there's got to be some. I'm thinking of some German Australian mashup, but it's not coming to me. All right. Carry on. Uh, oh, we're, we're we're uh, we'll come back to your chats. Uh toward the end um, of the show. I'll Thank have to guys. just circle back with you. Let's get uh, back into the news and specifically the wonders that are the August jobs report. What, uh, what sort of fortune do we have to celebrate here? Yeah. I wanted to read this. This is from the AP. It's remarkable how they're able to spin this every month. Unemployment up, unemployment down. They GDP. They're able to spin it somehow. So from the AP, the economy gained 315,000 jobs in August, a still solid figure that pointed to an economy that remains resilient, remains resilient. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Like we're not in the toils of depression. Despite rising interest rates, high inflation and sluggish consumer spending, Friday's report from the government also showed the unemployment rate rose to 3.7%. But that's up from a half century low of 3.5%. And then this is where it gets good. Yet that increase was also an encouraging sign. It reflects a long awaited rise in the number of Americans who are looking to work. So I love that after all of this credit taking for low unemployment, like month after month, every job's over, that suddenly an increase in the unemployment rate is a positive sign for this country. Now, they're going to recognize that discouraged workers, that that plays this enormous part in the unemployment index. Yeah. Yeah. They're just incredible. It's just unabashed. I can't believe low unemployment, sign of a healthy economy. Rising unemployment, unemployment. Well, that just shows people are economy. eager to work. Yeah. It's just incredible. I, I just can't believe this. How could they possibly take credit for this two months ago and then come out now and say that this is a positive sign? Well, of a growing economy. I'll tell you how, because you didn't get the numbers right. OK, Joe Biden has produced 10,000 million jobs in his under two year tenure as president. Oh, God. As you know, the good news is in August, the economy created 315,000 jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office, uh, which is the fastest job growth in history. So you're asking me, where is the success? Here it is. Wait, let me finish. <laughs> I'm convinced. Well, Are yeah. you? Uh, yeah, totally. God, what did dude. anybody expect from this chick? Now, of course, she meant 10 million. I get it. It's a simple misspeak. But the I know she doesn't mean that. But the way she said it just makes it funny because it sounds confidently stated. I Almost 10,000 million jobs. But of course, um, 
She means 10 million. Uh, but that is, again, relative to what? It's relative to the massive drop off that happened because of Corona nonsense. By the same report, you look at the uh, the number of non-farm payroll employment. We're right about the same level that we were in February of 2020 right now. hundred About 152 million. But that's arguably worse now because we're more than two years beyond that. The population has grown since then. However you want to characterize it, there's no way to call it growth, let alone record growth or some kind of record pace. It is at best a return to baseline from before all the bullshit that they've pushed for years now. So <laughs> it doesn't take a genius to look at the the one of the first graphs presented one of the first charts presented on the first page of the jobs report and realize any claims of growth are sheer nonsense. But that's what they're going to try to get you to believe. Um, all right. Do you have anything more to say about the jobs numbers? Uh, no, I mean, uh, the average American cannot possibly believe that they are living through the times of a strong economy Yeah. where wages are growing. I mean, all people care about, all they care about are jobs and inflation. Don't believe your own wallet. Things are fantastic yeah. out there. And, uh, I, I wanted to return to this point. We'll talk a little bit about the Mar-a-Lago, some updates in the, in the Mar-a-Lago raid story. But I, I do want to keep these I, I want to keep this story connected to what we just heard Dark Brandon say in his speech, because I think these are pieces of the same sequence before. I thought it was likely that they would indict Trump uh, because why take that step of the raid unless you're prepared to go somewhere with it. Given Biden's speech, I think it's even more likely that Trump gets indicted uh, at some point. I'm not saying this week, next week. I'm saying at some point because um if if we if I follow the same theory I was thinking about uh, the speech, uh, this would all be pursuant to two things: finding ways to make um, even elections that don't involve Trump about Trump, and of course, as we've been discussing, baiting January sixth style attacks that they can run against. Um, or maybe you take maybe there's a, a different theory here. Maybe they do actually want to think of ways to prevent Trump from running. Uh, one theory I've heard, and I emphasize this is this is rumor, this is speculation, this is like just Twitter talk, not an official source. But I was reading earlier that perhaps Biden is considering preemptively pardoning Trump, potentially on the condition that he does not run. Imagine oh, if that happened. Wow. I'll offer you a pardon, but you can't run. Imagine that chaos. Could he do that? I I, I guess I don't know the history of conditional pardons if that has happened. I don't but think he can do that. He has the full power to pardon. Why wouldn't he be able to do that? Because um, he's influencing a, what, what would be a lay person's hmm. ability to run for the highest office. I mean, can, can he do that? I, I don't know if it's technically illegal. I, I think that it would be of questionable morality. Sure. But I don't know that that's technically illegal. Huh. So maybe we'll find out. Um, either way point i'm making the prospect of a charge here is a piece of leverage they will use for their electoral purposes you can count on that and um i think it's a question of just when it's most useful and the odds are that's still a while away as this continues to drag on but we did have a court hearing uh, pursuant to this uh trump's request for a special master this independent third party to review the documents that were taken from mar-a-lago we didn't get very much out of this hearing other than sort of a more detailed list of what the documents they took were, but we're still awaiting potentially more detailed information. And we didn't even get an answer on this special master question, but what happened uh, at this hearing? Oh, sorry. I was just reading, but he can do this. Hmm. 
Has it been done uh, before? Is, is there an it example? It doesn't look like it. President's pardon power uh, arsenal, the ability to uh, attach conditions to clemency grants, the conditional pardon power. Mm. As a subset of the general pardon power, the conditional pardon power is assumed to be similarly, quote, unfettered, plenary, unlimited. Yeah. So there's no reason why you couldn't, legally speaking. Wow, that's so crazy. Um. Are we talking about this uh, this special master plan? Yeah, yeah. What happened at the hearing on Thursday? So this judge, who was a Trump-appointed judge, um, Eileen Cannon, after this two-hour hearing, she did not make a final decision about whether or not Trump's team can appoint a special master. So the reason that they're saying they want to do this um, is to scrutinize these materials for any shielded by executive privilege, which protects confidential internal executive branch communications. But the Justice Department has said that executive privilege can't be used anyway to keep a part of the executive branch, like the department itself, from reviewing government files. So I kind of think it's a farce that that's not actually why they want to do it. And they just want to get a, a, a third party arbiter in. Hmm which is totally valid, like whatever reason they need to do to do that. I think it's a good idea, but it remains to be seen on whether or not she's going to allow this. Um, that would be great. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, to the extent maybe we'd get some more information about what exactly is at issue here. That's really a, more than anything. Obviously, as a matter of principle, I want Trump's rights defended or really any defendants or accused person's rights defended. So that's important. But as a matter of the public, I'm tired of being dragged along here while more and more information comes out that actually says nothing. We had all the Twitter blue checks pointing at this stupid photo that came out this week. Oh, look, he's done for now. Case closed. The, the uh, DOJ filed a response to the judge about this, this uh, Trump's motion for a special master. And of course they oppose it. And one of the, uh, one of the things included in this filing was this picture of, of folder covers that list certain classifications thrown about uh, the carpet at Mar-a-Lago, apparently in Trump's office or somewhere close to that. And Trump's team is uh, is calling this photo staged. Whether this is authentic or dressed up, though, all it shows is covers of folders marked with different classification uh, levels. So the context or the the, the contents of these folders, just like everything else specific in this case, remain undisclosed. They're just covers of folders that we can see. And forgive me if I'm at least a little suspicious that they're saying these documents are so <laughs> secret and so it's so dangerous for any knowledge of them to be in the wrong hands that I, I get that they didn't tweet them directly, but in effect, that's what happened because journalists got a hold of this and tweeted it all over. So dangerous, yet everyone can look at it. That's that's what happened through this filing. We did the, we did get a slightly more detailed list of what was taken uh, because the uh, the DOJ had to submit that per the judge's request, but it mostly lists things like quote government documents marked classified. And not what sort of uh, documents uh, they are or what they say. Notably, though, many of these folders, which may include the ones in the photo or may not. It's not clear what's what. But many of the folders that they took from Mar-a-Lago were empty. Dozens of them, apparently <laughs> over 50 empty folders. And there are two. There are really three ways to interpret that. The uh, full TDS way to interpret that is that those are empty because Trump ripped out the contents put him in the mail to Vladimir Putin and cashed in. He sold them. He sent them to Kim Jong-un. That's what happened to them. That's why they're empty. 
There's no evidence to say that happened currently. It's also possible that Trump removed the classified information from these folders and did turn them over and for some reason kept the covers. Uh, But of course, the covers mean nothing themselves. The full FBI tinfoil way to interpret this, at least the uh, critical of the FBI tinfoil way to interpret this, is that this is just full on stagecraft, that the FBI planted classified cover folders to make a scene, not bothering with any of the contents because they aren't uh, necessary for the photo. Again, regardless of what this actually is, why these why these folders are empty, what we're looking at in this particular photo, um, it, it's very hard for me to believe that this is so dangerous to the country that if anyone improper uh, were to see them, that we'd be we'd have some kind of national security crisis on our hands. And yet the, the photo is just distributed all over with the uh, blue check soy jacks pointing at it all weekend. This but is he, like a low effort hoax hate, you know, maybe. like I wish that they would just put more effort in trying to pull the wool all over over all of our eyes. Look, Trump drew he drew a swastika on this one and it's bad. Um, it, but even if you think this photo is damning because it says top secret, we don't know the contents of what's in there. So this actually demonstrates absolutely nothing new to us because we already knew the accusation was that he was improperly holding classified documents some of which were top secret that's the accusation but we don't have demonstration that we don't know what was actually in these folders so we have to just continue to sit on this case and wait for the politically opportune time either to uh try to try to charge trump or to pull some move like we were talking about where you offer him some kind of a conditional pardon uh ahead of time or something like that well Let's uh, get into uh, the ATF stories because I want to be sure to get to our interview. Of course, last week we saw the viral uh, video from listener Nick who had uh, ATF agents visit his home because he allegedly purchased a solvent trap back when that was perfectly legal. And recall, these are devices that could be drilled out and manufactured into a suppressor, which is a restricted item requiring paperwork uh, and a tax. But since the ATF said solvent traps, uh, solvent traps were not suppressors, (laughs) Uh, what did I solvent tramps? tramps yeah, sorry. Since the ATF said they were not uh, suppressors, they were perfectly legal to buy until yeah. the ATF just changed their minds. And they said, just kidding. Now they are suppressors. So if you have one too bad, hand it over. Are they doing that with something else? <laughs> as, yeah, as, as far as your money, you're out of luck. So too bad. Um, but after months or years of speculation, it now appears the ATF is poised to do the same thing with pistol braces. Mm. And this is, this is, analogous to what they were doing with uh what they did with with bump stocks too and of course that was under trump and that was an injustice just the same uh, but the atf submitted a budget justification letter to the office of management and budget the letter mentions quote the upcoming amnesty registration of pistol brace weapons so what does that mean well it means that yet again the atf is likely planning to reclassify certain property that is perfectly legal today as illegal tomorrow But don't worry, because you're going to get an amnesty period to register that gun with the ATF beforehand. You can tell them exactly what you have and give them a picture and they'll treat you nicely. And to remind listeners, without getting too technical, current federal law regulates short barreled rifles. And those are rifles with barrels under 16 inches or a certain overall weapon length. But as long as your gun doesn't have a stock, it isn't considered a rifle legally. Um. Generally speaking, so so ARs with barrels shorter than 16 inches, for example, those are fine to have with what the industry has developed in place of stocks, 
which are called pistol braces. These are designed to Velcro around your arm for stabilization, not necessarily to shoulder for Is it just years. A piece of plastic. Yeah, it's a differently shaped piece of plastic. <laughs> but uh, for years, the ATF has said pistol braces are fine. They're not stocks. Putting one on your AR with a 10 inch barrel is fine. That doesn't make it a short barreled rifle. You don't you're not required to register the weapon or pay the $200 tax, any of that. Well, the speculation that they're going to change this again, based just on their rulemaking, not on a new law from Congress, they're going to change this after the election in November. At least that's what people are uh, rumoring right now. There are an estimated uh, 40 million braced pistols or up to 40 million braced pistols in legal possession in the U S today. So, um, we're talking about potentially tens of millions of insta felons for non-compliance with this nonsense. Tens of millions, really. Either register your weapon with them and send them a picture or destroy it or keep it but become a felon. Those will be your choices if this actually goes through. Yikes. And, and what's the penalty that you face for an unregistered short-barreled rifle, um, which is what they would reclassify your braced pistol into, up to 10 years in prison and a $250,000 oh, fine. Oh my God. So I know oh my God. I, I know that a lot of this stuff can sound technical and boring to non-gun people, but as we'll get Huge to... Huge consequences, though. Yeah. As we'll get to with Nick in just a moment, just like his solvent trap, again, simply the bureaucracy redefining your property that you, you own legally today as illegal tomorrow without any law, just their made-up magic wand on the principles of property rights and the rule of law alone, this sort of thing has to be opposed strongly. Uh, and if, if they can just declare your guns illegal on a whim, absent any sort of law from Congress, there's not a lot that's going to stop them from doing that for everything else you own yeah. as well. That's why these things are very important. So uh, anything that you had to say on that before we get to uh, Nick's interview? Oh, you're totally right. They're just going to continue expanding this until it includes things like basic handgun ownership. and things. I mean, people would be foolish to um, to ever comply with I any guess. of these, no matter how small. Yeah. Uh, and once they're done with your assault guns, they'll go for your assault car. Yeah, and, really. Uh, you'll you'll own nothing and you'll like it. Be happy. Anyway, it's uh, it's with that understanding that we'll have Nick from the viral ATF visit speak for himself. Um, the interview is about 17 minutes long, so we will see you on the other side. Enjoy it. ATF. Correct. All, your entire job is to take away people's guns. I don't think you have any idea what our job I is. I know actually. everything about your job. Oh, All it please is, is tell to me. erode the, the Second Amendment. Okay. Shall not be infringed. So violent uh, criminals with guns that we take off the street. That's, oh, like oh. at Waco? Like oh. at Ruby Ridge? Oh, my gosh. Bro, my dogs? You need to quit. Need to keep right. my dogs you in the house? You need to quit reading so many books. You're watching too many shows. Yeah, that's it. And welcome back. We are pleased to welcome our guest for the evening. That's Nick in Florida. Yes, that Nick 
in the video of the ATF confrontation that we discussed last Sunday. Nick, thanks for making time for us. I'm pleased to see you are not in a prison cell. You look like you're in somewhere comfy, so that's good to see. He hasn't gotten Randy Weavered. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. And uh, thank you for, you know, having me on and being able to spread, you know, this to your audience. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for sending. Number one, thanks for recording the encounter. And number two, thanks for sending it our way. And uh, a lot of people, including us and including the audience, we've seen the viral two minutes or so. Uh, If people missed last week, again, two ATF agents confronting you at your home involving allegations of ownership of a solvent trap. But we don't have the context of what happened before and after. And I'm wondering if you can just walk us through what led up to that event. Maybe in a little bit in a little bit, we can talk about what may have happened afterward. But how did this event come to be? Well, I mean, it started last year when I decided to put together a new build. I wanted to build a 300 blackout um, pistol. And, um, you know, anybody in the firearm field knows 300 blackout is coupled well with the suppressors. The the round was designed to be used with a silencer. And I didn't know much else about it at the time, how to, what steps I need to go about to get a silencer or anything like that. So I did put in the research and I realized there's, there's a couple different ways where you can either buy a pre-manufactured one and file a form for with the ATF. The wait time is usually over a year, at least at the time, for the ATF to turn around and approve that. The other alternative method would be to file a form one and manufacture your own silencer. And um, again, I, that's the route that I had in mind was to fill out a form one and uh, yeah, just make it myself. So I did the paperwork, which, you know, doing that, you have an FBI background check. You have to submit your fingerprints. You have to file paperwork with your local sheriff's office. So I passed all those steps, paid the $200 tax stamp, and they granted me the ATF Form 1 tax stamp. Um, Fast forward to March, and the ATF apparently decided that, you know, solvent traps are silencers, or at the very least, they are components to build a silencer. Therefore, they already are a silencer. So anybody that has ever done this in the past um, is now, according to the ATF, overnight a criminal. So, I mean, that's what it looks like has led up to this. I haven't been in contact with anybody in the ATF app, you know, post okay. the incident. I was not aware they could do this retroactively. Absolutely. And um, it's called uh, Chevron deference. It allows them to basically interpret the NFA how they see fit, redefine laws as they see fit. And um, yeah, it's it's granted through Congress and the Supreme Court ruled they have the right to do that to an extent, to an extent. But they've been doing it for a long time. There's that Florida storm behind you. That's not, in fact, a ghost yeah. busting through the blinds <laughs> or the ATF rating you yeah, currently. Really? <laughs> I don't think. Um, okay, so, so notably at the end of the encounter, they said, we'll be seeing you very soon or something to that effect, something uh, loosely threatening. You're saying you have not heard from anybody at the ATF since that. In- what, what date was the encounter? It's within the last few weeks. Yeah, it was um, not this last Thursday, but the previous Thursday. I don't know okay. the exact date. But, yeah. So what so are you going to do when they come back? I mean, I have multiple attorneys on speed dial at this point. So, I mean, that'd be the first thing I do. And uh, yeah, it's been a really long week just trying to 
a figure out the law and where I I was a law abiding citizen one day and a criminal the next day, according to the ATF, and also finding a good two way attorney that says, yeah, we understand the, the ATF, how they change the rules, the NFA. So it's it's been a long week. Uh, something you said makes me curious, and I'm going to ask delicately, and I encourage you to uh, consider your Fifth Amendment rights. Uh, so I'm not <laughs> trying to put you on the hook for anything, and you can just let me know if if I'm if you're unable to answer. But you said so. Sure. You said you filed the form one. Mm-hmm. The ATF. It sounds like when they came to your residence, they were visiting because they have record of you purchasing a solvent trap. They didn't come because of the form one filing. Is, is it your understanding that they just didn't know about the form one filing mm. as in they didn't for, for the layman listener, they didn't know that you had filed the paperwork that would allow you to manufacture the suppressor legally. It's hard to say because no charges have ever been brought against anybody in my situation. Um, there's been no charges filed for somebody that has taken the legal steps to get everything done. So, I, I mean, it's hard. To, I, I have to imagine they knew I had a form one. Um, so do you think I, that I, this I'm, was just an intimidation tactic, like a like a shakedown? It could be. I mean, if you again, hearing what they said and saying, you know, you're on our radar. We know what you're using this for. We'll be back. It, it sounded like it for sure. That that was a really ominous part of that exchange, too. It's not just that they think they can retroactively redefine right. your property and come to your place to take it, which is bad enough. But um, but for them to say, we know what you're using it for, you know, as though there are honest or dishonest uses of your own property. You know, I understand if you had criminal intent or something like we know you're plotting an attack on someone, but we yeah. know what you intend to drill it into shape it into do with your own property just a it's a bizarre thing to say from a for a law enforcement agency to say something like that as though you don't have the rights to your own property for lawful purposes exactly and i guess if i did uh, if there wasn't an alleged solvent trap involved and i had spent 50 bucks at home depot to file a form one and use anything I could buy at Home Depot to achieve the same thing. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you, cause uh, I think for, for a lot of people, this sounds very technical. Um, this solvent trap thing. I don't know what that is. I'm not concerned about that. Cause I don't have one of those. Well, number one, the same logic that's happening here where they redefine property in the gun t- context is is already extending into a whole bunch of other gun contexts. We just saw news break about pistol braces, uh, and they yes. might try to redefine on that front. We know what they're doing with trigger packs and other parts. Um, but it, I, I could see this going well beyond just guns in the future where the federal government decides this property that you legally owned yesterday, we uh, have, have redefined it and we say it's not legal today and we're going to confront you on that basis. And that's something that extends beyond just the gun community. And I'm curious if you have for anybody that thinks they might experience what you did, which which is federal agents coming to your home, asking to take your stuff without a warrant. Number one, how did you manage that pretty well? And two, what would you advise to someone who's worried that could happen to them? Yeah, I mean, realistically, um, when we'll call him Agent Bizet said, uh, I don't, you know, if he doesn't have a warrant, um, that should have been the end of the conversation. I should have said, you need to leave. 
And if he didn't leave, that would have been the time to call the sheriff's office because at that point they're trespassing. But I mean, stay calm. It's going to be difficult. At least it was. It was difficult for me to speak at first. I mean, having two federal agents at your door, you don't know if you're going back to work. Right. I, I didn't know if I was going to be arrested on the spot that day. Stay calm. Do not answer any questions. Do not sign anything without an attorney. And as soon as they're done, find an attorney and a 2A attorney, not like a divorce attorney. Find a really good 2A attorney and let them know what just happened. And yeah, go from there. But they're going to they're going to try to ask questions that entrap you. Um, mm-hmm. Something like, did you know it was illegal when you started drilling this this out? You can't answer yes or no to that without incriminating yourself. Mm. If you if you say no, you just sort of admitted that you drilled it out. And you just, you weren't aware it was illegal. If you answer yes, you were aware it was illegal. So, I mean, don't, don't answer questions. Don't sign anything unless they have a warrant. Okay. And find I, a good lawyer. I should have asked you earlier. I want to back up just a little bit, but uh, ask you more directly. Did you have any notice that they were going to come to your property or did they just show up and it was a total surprise? Total surprise. Okay. I mean, oh. I was on lunch break that day. And I thought my girlfriend was messing with me because she answered the door and she stepped outside. I was, eating, you know, I was taking lunch and um, she walks inside and she said, there's two ATF agents outside and they want to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> were they, but no, were they aware that you were recording or did you do the old pocket bit or how did you actually do that? The phone was by my side, but I do have a ring doorbell camera. Ah. So they were fully aware okay. that, you know, they were being very recorded to some extent. And they still performed that poorly. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> the most shocking thing about uh, this this entire thing was was not that they came there initially, but it was it was their stance on you having too much information as an individual and as a layperson. I could not believe what they said. You read too many books, like you, you watch too many movies. I think the sta- a standard person uh, knows about Ruby Ridge, knows about Waco. I, I found that to be the most shocking but also reassuring part of this because i was like these are just government thugs uh that really don't understand the power of the populace or what we know about how they've operated in the past but did any of this kind of reassure you a little bit a little bit i mean (laughs) (laughs) i guess but yeah I, i hear what you're saying um and i think they bank on that i think they bank on bumping into people that really don't know their rights they don't know their history they think they can answer questions and they're there to, you know, the, the agents are there to help them out. And it's just not the case. But I think that's really what they're searching for and what they're banking on right If now. you had unwittingly incriminated yourself, could they have arrested you on the spot? Do they have that authority? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't think they were equipped. They didn't look equipped to do that at the time. So, so let's say you did incriminate yourself. They would have returned a second time. Likely. Okay. Likely. And mm-hmm. I mean, they still... They still could. And that's that's kind of been it's going to be sitting on our shoulders. It, it still is. They, yeah, they could come anytime. And it's, well, it's you got people behind you now. So it, yeah. it seems like based on your description and based on their dialogue in that encounter, this was the polite first visit in which you have the opportunity to surrender your property as though the mob yeah. coming to your house and saying, give us a thousand dollars to treat you nicely is right. a good deal. You should accept or a morally <laughs> yeah. just deal. And I understand people will respond and say, well, yeah, but that's the law. No, that's the point. It is not. There was no act of Congress. There's no change in the law. 
that that authorize these people coming to your house to do this. And and if you would have a problem with your neighbor showing up at your door saying, I heard you had some cool stuff. Why don't you give it to me under threat of force? You should have a problem with this. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just it's, it's just crazy. And you mentioned pistol braces earlier. You know, not a lot of people are really into silencers. And this operation is called Operation Reticent Recall. And it's right out of Austin. And it seems like there's about 3000 people they'll be interviewing for this specific operation. Yeah. When it comes to pistol pistol braces, I mean, we're talking, I've seen estimates from 10 million to 40 million, yeah. out, you know, pistol braces in the wild. So during that amnesty period, people don't, just don't know. They don't know. You have to, now you have to file the form. You may have to pay the $200 tax, send your fingerprints to the FBI, do an FBI background check. Not only that, but you need to, if you intend to leave your the state with your new short barrel rifle, you need to get permission from the ATF. Yeah. So and it's and it's tied to you for the rest of your life. That's now your short barrel rifle. You can't sell it. You, I mean, so forty million people potentially overnight after this pistol, if it goes through, could become felons just like that. Yep. So. And. Uh- if you if you if you think uh, oh well I'm not that into guns it, it doesn't really affect me no there's a reason they do this sort of thing with guns first it's because they then have an easier way to do all sorts of other things after the fact and that's um, exactly right yeah. yeah and I was just gonna say I mean that that news broke Thursday and the, I mean just that night the way Biden spoke about conservatives. Yeah. And about people that don't agree with the leftist agenda. I really do see this as their way of taking that, that demoralized or at least, you know, that group of people and actually turning them into criminals. This is the tool that they're going to use sure. to do it. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it like that until after that speech from Joe Biden, but it just, it really does seem like that's the way they're going to turn the evil MAGA Republicans into actual criminals. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it does all uh, link together. I think that it's, it's part yeah. of um, a specific effort in the way you're describing. And um, in closing, I just want to make sure that uh, people are, well, number one, if people want to follow you or find where you might be uh, accessible online, how could they do that? And two, if there's a way or any publications that are following this story closely, if people want to see where this develops, just, places or platforms you might like to shout out okay well yeah i don't have a big social media presence i threw it all away some years back and smart man i'm happier yeah happy happy (laughs) i've done but i did create a twitter just in case anybody does want to get in touch with me it's nick fl 1776 um and but i would say to your to the audience there are uh large organizations that actually do something still and they're not going to take your donations and buy yachts. Uh, one of them being the GOA. Uh, the GOA, the um, Firearms Policy Coalition. And if you want breaking news, subscribe to uh, John Crump. He's, he spends every waking minute digging into this stuff and uncovering all these crazy changes with the ATF. And yeah. All right. Well, that is our guest, Nick in Florida. Nick, thank you for making time for us and Godspeed in your uh, dispute with the ATF. And uh, please do keep your family safe. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Paul. 
Thanks again to Nick in Florida. That's at NickFL1776 on Twitter if you'd like to follow Nick's tweets. And of course, we will keep up with the story as well. Uh, my hope is that he uh, he inspired those ATF agents to read some books themselves. And maybe they've <laughs> quit the force and that'll uh, that'll be the end of it. I hope so, but Wishful I don't thinking. think it will. There will be another installment of this saga. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, it's only just begun. I mean, this is only a matter of uh, a week or two ago. So I'm sure their uh, promise that he will see them again uh, may, in fact, come to fruition. But we will update you uh, if it happens. Uh, Let's see. Without further ado, I have several instances of hoax hate. Very good. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? All right, I know I'm talking about this particular story for the third time now, but it just keeps getting more and more detailed, and I can't stop. It's fascinating. Uh, Of course, last Sunday, we mentioned this story of an alleged N-word shouted from the the stands of a college volleyball match in Provo, Utah, between BYU and Duke, not just once, but throughout the duration of the volleyball match at the lone black starting player for Duke, who funny just happened to get their The whole team got their ass kicked by BYU. And suddenly they have this excuse that they were called N words throughout the match, but they can't find the guy who did it. And I posted, we talked about it last Sunday since investigation by BYU police, has found the person that they banned. Remember we were wondering last week, well, who did they ban if they don't have evidence of this yet? They, they don't have evidence. That guy said the N word, they banned him anyway. Oh, good Lord. So I I spoke about that in my video that was posted on Friday. If you want all the details that developed in the week since, but there are a couple things that happened. uh, One that, that happened over the weekend and another detail I missed in the story, because as I mentioned, they banned this, the way it went is Duke players said, that's the guy. He's the one who did it. Get him. And they, <laughs> they just banned a guy indefinitely from BYU athletic venues. Okay. That guy, he's not been identified by name as far as I've seen, but he's spoken to a few reporters he's spoken to law enforcement. And uh, he says, yeah, I was just, you know, I'm just, I, I said, don't hit the ball into the net. And I was having a fun time, but it's, we don't have to go by his word. Police have watched every angle of video and talked to as many witnesses uh, as they can. There's no evidence this guy ever said the N-word once. There's no evidence anybody said the N-word. But it's not just that they banned a guy as a sacrifice to the mob. According to one of the police officers investigating filing a report, he may actually be autistic. Oh, no. Okay. This, According to the BYU uh, police report, reporting officer believed the man may, quote, have Sperger syndrome. <laughs> that's, oh, no. that's how it was written. Or he could have autism. And of course, uh, saying uh, referring to it as Sperger syndrome suggests that this police officer may not, in fact, have a, an expert opinion on the matter. But the question remains here. Did BYU ban a person with a legitimate disability just to appease the mob? They may have. I want to get to the bottom of this. Oh, no. And then South Carolina, the University of South Carolina, in response to this, again, completely unverified, almost certainly fake event. The University of South Carolina has now pulled out of its women's basketball games with BYU. Number one, there's no evidence. (laughs) Maybe this is maybe stopping all women's basketball is for the best. Fine. However, we have to get there. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Number one, no evidence this happened. Number two. 
This is the BYU basketball team. This is not the volleyball team. They had nothing to do with this. And even if this fan was actually saying the N-word, even the BYU volleyball team didn't have anything to do with this. And if the claim is, well, BYU's not doing enough, they're not doing enough, so we have to hold them accountable. They banned a potentially autistic kid from all venues as a sacrifice to you people, and it's still not good enough. Does BYU have a predominantly white team? I don't know what the I don't know what the breakdown of their basketball team is. I have no idea. Hmm. That was the other detail about the the alleged N word event, though. A bunch of the players from the BYU men's basketball team who are black were sitting there in the student section the whole time, laughing it up, having a good time. They're on camera, hmm. and we're supposed to believe that they heard the N word being shouted viciously from their immediate proximity, and they did nothing about it. They just wanted to take uh, heat off the loss, I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, th- I'm going to keep following this story because I, I find it fascinating. And uh, this this is we we have a lethal combination here, uh, a, 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 a racially driven mob that will do anything they can to exercise power over others, coupled with the submissive, polite nature of the Mormons. That's what we're mm. dealing with here. And this is this is producing ridiculous results. This is the ultimate hoax hate collision. I don't know. Did you read or watch um, Under the Banner of Heaven? Mormons, if you fuck around with them, they'll kill some people. I guess I haven't seen that, but we're going to maybe Mormons are like it's like that meme. What was that meme about like the levels of white rage or something where it went from like, now hold on just a minute to Hitler? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on just a minute. And then it's like, well, hey there, bucko. And then it's a picture (laughs) of Hitler. Yeah. The Mormons might work that way. I suppose they should probably watch out. Anyway, uh, I will continue to monitor that story. Uh, I bet their team is still mostly black. I'm going to look this up. Uh, I, just the demographic. As Joe Biden explained to us, the demographics of basketball tend to work out that way. I, I, BYU I would say that's fair. Basketball team. Um, while you look that up, we have another episode of, uh, I guess, All racial. White. Every single one is white. Really? Oh, no. There's one black chick. Hmm. So that's what this is about. It's about it's about blocking out the white basketball team it's about getting smoked by a bunch of hot white chicks well no this is the oh are you talking about the volleyball team or the basketball team wait what i was talking about basketball this is where it gets confusing the n-word allegation came from the volleyball game the universe all them all all of them were white all the starters i don't know if they're all white but the the only black starter is the one who complained the basketball team actually has nothing to do with this other than the University of South Carolina is refusing to play basketball with them on account of this fake incident. Oh, that's it. That's retarded. Why? Yeah. Why? It's a fake event and nobody involved had anything to do with it anyway. This picture of their basketball team is actually really funny. It's all like really pretty white girls and then one black chick and she looks real mad. <laughs> Send to the left. Okay. All right. <laughs> Evaluate the facial expressions to your heart's desire, I suppose. That is very confusing. Uh, yeah, the ba- the basketball volleyball thing gets confusing because the basketball team has nothing to do with any of it. But all right. On the topic of um, racially incentive insensitive events with student athletes at Stevenson High School in Sterling Heights, Michigan, this is suburban Detroit. Uh, freshman members of a football team posted a video of themselves at a team breakfast pretending to be arrested and referencing George Floyd. Uh, notably, <laughs> many of the kids participating and they were all willful participants. They are black. And they're now being accused of anti-black racism and they've been punished by the school and other students are protesting for additional disciplinary measures. 
all the players were willing participants in what they deemed as a joke. Stop resisting! Stop resisting! The video shows members of the freshman football team at Stevenson High School at an off-campus team breakfast earlier this August. Some have water guns pointed at a black student pretending to be handcuffed and on the ground. Many are laughing and you can also hear racist tropes. George Floyd, bro. In another part, a student also mentions George Floyd. I was appalled, disgusted, shocked. Senior Anthony Maharaj recently saw the video. I was uncomfortable watching it. And the fact that, that these are athletes from my school, I'm embarrassed to say that I go to that school. Maharaj has seen concerning behavior in his three years at Stevenson. A lot of non-black people saying the N-word, a lot of homophobia. <laughs> it's important for those boys who were doing that, even if the kid participated, to understand why that's not okay, to continue to deconstruct that thought because that is racist. She and others say it may have been a joke, but they just don't, no one finds it funny. Uh, was that a fat, single, white mom with a homosexual, half-black son who was complaining about this perpetrated by other black people? I'm not... Is that what you're telling me here? I'm not making Why assumptions. Why do you show me this stuff? <laughs> and, and I can't say... <laughs> I would never assume the family, the household situation. Uh, uh, that chick is a single mom. I take the most offense by the news anchor telling me it's not funny. It, it's absolutely funny. Absolutely funny. Lots of stuff was funny in there. Don't tell me nobody finds it funny. Uh, but yes, to the point of this uh, senior student raising an objection, you're a senior who feels indirectly bullied by freshmen who played a joke that had nothing to do with you. That yeah. is a uh, I mean, I don't know what to call you other than a giant pussy. You don't get bullied oh, by freshmen when you're a senior. You're supposed to shove those kids into lockers to teach them a lesson instead of complaining the to the news. That he's even on the news saying this tells me that they're not playing smear the queer enough. <laughs> Somebody, what kind of homophobia are, are you experiencing that you feel like you can still talk about this? Well, the, the logic just the lack of logic here just enraged me. And I know it's a fool's errand to search for it in this, but think about it for a second. OK, the offended kid says he's offended by non-black people saying the N-word. The implication being it's fine for black people to say the N-word or at least less objectionable. Why wouldn't the same logic apply here? He's saying he wants black kids punished for making fun of George Floyd. Can black people not make fun of George Floyd? If so, that means joking about George Floyd is worse than the N-word now, because even black people can't do that. That's so stupid. And what about him being half white? All those students are probably blacker than he is. Probably. So they have more right to say this stuff than he does. Yeah, they should lecture him. They should yeah, smear really. that queer. Smear the queer. <laughs> uh and, and just most ridiculously, we're taking the full force of investigative journalism to look at freshman tomfoolery. And again, this is in the context of Detroit. We talk about, hey, let's let's think about the uh, risk to minority, the risk to racial minorities in the Detroit metro. I know it's some freshmen at a suburban high school making a joke on video. It's not the bodies stacked in the other areas of that city. Or, or the other ways in which that city is absolutely rotted to its core. And just imagine living in Detroit and thinking that video is the, is the biggest threat that you face. Or a significant threat compared to all the others. What a waste of everybody's time. Like all of these investigations, what a waste of everybody's time and resources. It's the unfortunate part of this era. It's like general high school hijinks, which everyone either participated in or was adjacent to in their time. Now that's all on video and it's a matter not just for public viewing, but it's, it's like a subject of investigatory scrutiny by, 
<laughs> by yeah. the 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 journalists in your uh, in your particular area. I bet you didn't get up to no good. Uh, I I did a f- I did a few things. I've egged a car once. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's about as bad as it got. We were really bad. It, yeah. it was bad. Uh, but that story made me wonder: Can black people actually commit anti-black hate crimes? Because that's kind of what's alleged there. Yeah. Apparently, the answer is yes, at least by the logic of that story. I support this. Uh, more of this half black, half white homosexual kid getting his ass kicked. That's. <laughs> that's but that's really the what thing. They didn't even. It's not like they beat him up. They made a joke that involved him in no way. He's just gay. They, were and they offended. even around him? No, no, no. He had nothing to do with the event. He they just heard about it. Yes, he just saw. How the many video. kids go to this high school? They're like, you faggot, come interview us. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. what does he even have to? <laughs> exactly. That's what happened. It's because everybody at that school is probably black. And so they're like, All right, you with the fat them. mom, get over here. <laughs> yeah, the fat white mom. Yeah. yeah, that's how it happened. And so by, by extension, though, yeah, you can have members of a group committing hate crimes against the same group, supposedly anti that group. Am I making sense here? Another context in California, East Bay, this uh, this week. An Indian man has now been charged for committing an anti-Indian hate crime at Taco Bell. This is in uh, Fremont, California. He uh, he subjected a fellow Indian man to racial abuse, calling him a dirty Hindu and a disgusting <laughs> dog and even the N word. So speaking specifically, I guess this isn't really anti-Indian Indian hate crime. It's um. It's apparently uh, a dispute about Sikh versus Hindu, which are like the two religious groups in India. We should not try to navigate the intricacies of of different racial segments hating on each other. Here's your Indian on Indian on Hindi Indian on Indian hate crime. Hey, what the hell? It says install extension extension. They took it down. Susan, you God, you bitch. It was so funny. It was really funny. Um, God damn it, dude. Maybe I will it's link in it. one of these. Hold I, on. I, I will link it in articles? the description. You can check out the video. He called him. This sucks. He called the other guy an H1 visa have an ass bitch. Okay. <laughs> that is so specific. Exactly. That's why I wanted to play it. I, ugh, I'm going to have to figure out a way around this. And I know the audience, you guys get frustrated. You say, well, why would you, why would you filter this through? Just store it on your machine so you don't filter it through through susan we have to the problem is if i don't filter it through susan then it's in the stream and susan digs the whole stream and the wait, stream wait, gets wait. taken down the original video is on youtube still yes i will link it in the description it's Aww. six minutes long so i can't play the whole thing do you want me you know what i could do though i could pull up what's the timestamp for the h1 visa ass having bitch i could try to find it but this is very dangerous should i should i do the dangerous operation and pray for susan's mercy yeah let's do it uh, let me see okay I'm going to I'm just going to start playing this here and uh, I'll have to be very careful. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Disgusting, bro. Maybe wear some socks. Nobody wants to see your ugly ass feet. Disgusting. People are fucking ugly. Fucking nasty. Fucking disgusting human being. OK, I think I remember. He- Is he not wearing shoes? He he brags about his money at one point, and then he says the H one visa. Where is it? Hold on. Fucking America. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. You fucking 
dirty motherfucker. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to leave it there just because I number one, I risk Susan's wrath, and number two, I don't know where that exact point in the video is, and just scrubbing it isn't great to listen to. That is so but, funny. But yeah, he says you H1 visa have an ass bitch, and that's the most specific <laughs> slur I've ever heard. It was great. For him. <laughs> the offending man, as I mentioned, this is Sikh on Hindu hate. He he references beef several times throughout the clip. I'm gonna have beef. Give me a beef quesadilla because he's making fun of the Hindu guy because he won't eat meat or eat beef. I guess. Why is he acting black though? Yeah, that's I don't know. He, he's is he, uh, he's is he a Hindu Hindu. <laughs> somebody else has gotten there first. I'm sure. That's hold on, hold on, hold on. I I don't have it convenient. I should have timed it up better, but that absolutely earns a. Female joke rim shot. Dindu Hindu. Is a good one. All right. Uh, the H1 visa the, the offending man, Singh Tajinder, <laughs> 37 years old of Union City, has been charged with uh, assault for disturbing the peace with offensive language as uh, as a hate crime in violation of civil rights. Uh, Tajinder was on probation for another crime. A court date has not yet been set. He is uh, not currently in custody. You might wonder, hey, what's the assault component here? Because I didn't necessarily hear uh, a, a physical threat. And it's true. He doesn't like threaten to kick his ass. But uh, on at least two occasions, he, he spits at the guy's feet, his dirty ass <laughs> naked feet. That's the most Indian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's the <laughs> spitting that brought the uh, the assault charge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right um i'm sorry susan prevented you from seeing the best of that but again i will susan says you can watch the full clip on youtube just not on my clips channel apparently so okay, i'll okay. link that for you guys to check out if you want to it's time for the movie review in a world of movie references flying over his head one man will finally watch them this is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 2007 Coen Brothers crime drama, No Country for Old Men, in which a Texas man stumbles upon two million or maybe $10,000 million left unattended after a drug deal shootout. A ruthless hitman pursues him to recover it, and the local sheriff resigns to the fact that he's just too old to stop any of it. From movie picker Troy... Everything about this movie is top-notch. Great acting performances by the entire cast. A great directorial decision to never use any music. Uh, never wasting a scene. And the story follows three different characters making this uh, a cinematic masterclass. A perfect example of a director respecting his audience and leaving everything up to the imagination. As always, your review and your rating. So I have seen this movie like, I don't know, six times. And so I was talking to my husband about it. And he's like, well, instead of watching a movie you've seen six times... Why don't we watch this other movie by the same um, the the author that wrote No Country for Old Men? He wrote another book called The Road. Hmm. So I watched that right before I watched this movie, and it was uh, truly the most depressing movie I've ever seen in my life. It's about a post apocalyptic world where there's cannibalism and child sex slaves. Just destroyed my week. It made this movie look like a Disney movie. Hmm. What's it Disney called? Movie. One more it's time. Called The Road. The Road. It, I, I it was so disturbing. I don't know. It's a Viggo Mortensen movie, but it's a book um, that written by this author. So anyway, so I did end up rewatching this because I was like, oh, I don't remember it that well, and I still love it. Um, I love the Coen Brothers. They're so hit or miss for me, but this was one that it really was was on on point. Um, knocked it out of the bar, out of the park. Javier Bardem has to be the most menacing villain I've 
ever seen. He's so creepy. And the worst part about him or the best part about him is that he's diabolical, but it's like a, a set of, of principles that he's like a principal <laughs> evil guy, yeah. you know? And so it's not like he's indiscriminate about the evil. He really has like a, like an evil master plan. Like he didn't have to kill the wife. It was just because, um, because Llewellyn didn't do what he wanted him to. Like it, it was just a, just really eerie. Um, and Llewellyn was a, a great adversary. Uh, he's this common guy with exceptional smarts, great acting performances all around. My only gripe um, is that like with other Coen brothers movies, like, I don't know if you've seen Buster Scruggs, but it's like, they leave me so emotionally empty and, and the ending for each character was so hopeless. Like Llewellyn dies in the pool and there's no showdown between them. It's totally anticlimactic. And then the wife gets killed. But does um, she? That's actually not even demonstrated. She does. He he. After he kills somebody, he always checks the bottom of his shoes. But we don't. Well, blood. I guess my point is we don't see it. You know, you don't see it. But he but he leaves. Yeah, and but, there was that whole scene of her pleading for her life. And he didn't give her an opportunity to get out. He was like, well, your husband put you in this position yeah. by not doing um, by not making the deal with me that would save your life. And that would have saved her life because he was a principled man. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't have killed her. He really wouldn't have. And then he leaves her house and he looks at his shoes. And then um, Tommy Lee Jones character. What's his name? Is it Moss? Uh, Sheriff Bell. Sheriff Bell. I just call Llewellyn Moss because his name's weird. I know that's, oh, a, okay. a, I guess, a Southern name or something. I just think um, it's it's a really humble name, yeah. <laughs> so I go with Moss for him. And then he has that whole spiel about how he thought God would come to him at the end of his life, and then he just ends up being like, "I'm too old for this and retiring." So like, all in all, totally hopeless. Uh, just made me feel deflated and sad. But it's a it's a fantastic movie. Four out of five. Four out of five. All right. Well, you spoke a little bit about a thing that. I hate in movies. Oh no! Uh, which is just open-ended, unexplained, up to the interpretation of the viewer type endings, and/or anticlimactic endings that don't tie things up or at least give you the sad. Like people die, characters get killed. That's sometimes upsetting, but then not even to show you the how and why in many instances that oh, no, drives me nuts. Well, it's weird because I the the buildup is is good. I, I I like the probably the first two thirds of it, or I like it enough. I wouldn't say it's like a legendary movie to me, but the the ending is such a letdown to me that it it really ruined my experience. Why? But so, but you should be happy because you're smart, and then the the directors trusted that you would be able to come to your own conclusions about what had happened. I hate that logic. <laughs> oh come on! Explain, I like it when they trust your audience. It's not uh, like a Marvel movie where things are exploding the whole time. I'll explain like why. But uh, some things I liked, so I'm not a total downer. Unlike this movie, uh, the weapons were cool. Definitely memorable. The uh, the 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 livestock gun thing was cool, especially Is that because how really how they kill livestock. livestock? I, I, I guess I'm not an expert in livestock slaughter, but I'm told that's a real tool, or at least something like that is a real tool. But uh, but it, what was cool is especially that scene where he pulls that guy over, step out of the car, please, sir the audience sort of has the same realization of what that is along with the guy who gets killed. You're not really understanding what's going on until it's too late, which was a, sort of a cool way for that to develop uh, his silenced shotgun, even though it was sort of implausibly Hollywood quiet, it was still a cool weapon. Um, I, I'm sure he did all the uh, proper ATF paperwork for that as well. 
uh there's the, the meme reference uh, you know again i'm about 10 to 15 years too late for a meme reference but anytime i finally get one i'll give credit the uh the sheriff bell tommy lee jo- tommy lee jones reading the newspaper and the implied face palm again these are like 2008 2009 era memes but hey here yeah. i am in 2022 saying i finally get it all right or at least I understand the origin. I suppose I understood what the meme meant in spirit, but I didn't understand the origin. And also, I, I actually really did like the dialogue between Sugar uh, and Carla Jean when he confronts her. For the reasons you described, there's something almost admirable about his twisted principles, even if the principle is a commitment to murder. Um, yeah. there's, there's something strangely admirable about that. I, th- I, thought, I thought that was interesting. I also liked Carla Jean's pushback that she has the the courage of what the guy at the the gas station didn't have to say, no, no, your coin toss game thing is bullshit. This determinism is bullshit. This deflection and saying, well, it's not it's not up to me whether you live or die. You are going to choose. It's yeah. up to fate. And, and her rejecting that I, I thought was uh, was awesome. It's 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 placing the responsibility on him. You're the one exercising choice here. You carry the full moral responsibility for that uh and and i appreciated that because i thought that there was a good sort of uh just a good message there about about free will moral responsibility anti-determinism i suppose Mm -hmm. that your choices do matter and you should think about them critically and why you make them um i see i didn't i understand he looked at his boots and stuff to me whether or not she died was was sort of left unclear um i thought it was fairly obvious and even if it's supposed to be understood that she was killed, it's just like Moss, her husband's death, too, where you get this buildup and he makes like, you know, uh, just uh, total throwaway Mexican drug cartel characters die in crazy ways throughout the history or throughout the duration of the, the movie. And then one of the characters that you get this whole buildup for in the case of Moss, he's he's dead. You don't really even get to see how it happened. You, you well, know, don't that, blame the directors, blame the author of the book, I guess. But uh, they 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 put all sorts of their own direct. They are trying to tell me that choices matter. They can't coin flip their way out of this. All right. <laughs> Fidelity to the book is no excuse. Uh, and uh, and they sort of did the same thing with the, it's not sort of they did the same thing with the wife where it's like, OK, I don't even get to see the outcome here. It's just it's just implied. But I I hated virtually every piece of the ending. I hated that it built up. To what you think is going to be a showdown between these three characters that they've developed. Um, Moss is just killed. You you don't even get to see it happen. Uh, the hitman just walks away. And I even hate the premise there. He, he gets in this horrible car crash. He has a compound fracture. You hear the sirens of the police immediately nearby. And I'm expected to believe he just walks away. The police don't notice him. He, it's in the middle of the day in a residential area. And no witness is going to notice him. I don't know what I'm supposed to interpret out of that. Am I supposed to interpret that he just walked away and was never caught? Or am I supposed to interpret that? I think that that, that was the only ambiguous part. Ugh. Hated that. Uh, I also hated Moss's retirement. Or not Moss. Uh, Sheriff Bell's retirement. Um, he He just retires citing his own ineffectiveness. And then he finds dissatisfaction in that, too. And to me, this message is like, hey, don't try. You'll fail. The Mexican drug cartel always wins. So don't bother trying. Also, don't quit because you'll hate it. OK, this is just yeah. a contradiction of defeatism. I can't stand any of this. 
And then I he, understand. Has, yeah. he has this message about his dreams. It's like, okay, man, good thing your dreams are so deep because your career was apparently meaningless. So congratulations. I'm glad you had oh. dreams in your elder years. Oh, I hate uh, this review. I hate this so <laughs> I figured much. I'd get some, some hate for this. You know, I never get praise for loving a movie. I only get hate for hating a movie. But I don't, you know, I don't go into uh, writing a review trying to. I'm not doing the Joe Biden, Dark Brandon speech where I'm trying to provoke an assassination attempt against me. I just didn't like this. Yet no one thinks that you are uh, tailoring your movie reviews to please the audience. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't think I uh, have faced that accusation. Uh, so for me, th- this was pr- like three to four territory, like three, five, four territory until like the, the latter third of the movie, the ending just disastrous to me. Too wicky. Hate it. It's not a one though. It's definitely a no for me, dog. It's right there with Tremors. Never forget. Holy shit. <laughs> and I should have said at the top, too, I, I like Fargo. I like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? This is not like an anti-Cohen Brothers thing. I understand they have a lot of like fatalistic themes in their movies and dark humor and all. And I there are other movies in which I totally appreciate that. But this one, the ending just totally blew it for me. <laughs> robocop all over again i know live chat i feel oh, your pain i think this one's better than robocop though i will give it that <sighs> robocop might be a one though holy shit tremors too oh my god i don't know but not no country not yet depends on how oh. many angry emails i get did your wife like it um yeah although i actually i mean she likes uh she also likes coen brothers movies but i think she would rank it she would probably also rank this below oh brother and fargo but don't quote well, me. Fargo is a hilarious wrong. masterpiece. I've never laughed so hard at a movie as when that guy is getting um, pressed into the wood chipper. Yeah. Uh, but Oh Brother is wildly overrated. We talked about it. Well, uh, let's see. I, I mean, I liked I actually liked Oh Brother a lot. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily overrated, but I didn't experience it at its time. I experienced it only through this segment. Uh, the audience uh, rating. Let's see. Let me refresh and see what the early vote people think of this movie. Uh, yeah, they're more, they're, they're up there in the five wiki, the early votes, five and four. So actually the, the two wiki, my two wiki choice is the least common. So I suppose unsurprising (laughs) disagreement with my assessment. Um, (laughs) next week we have the green mile, uh, which I've never seen either. I've never seen that. And then after that, the remaining nominees for September from Lister Troy are Anchorman, Nightcrawler, Hereditary, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Side Effects, It Comes at Night, or of course you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, especially in this case. Uh, Submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month, the one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and over on the homepage of the website. That, of course, is mattchristensenmedia.com. All right. Let's catch up with uh, with chat. We left off with um, Zach Coggins. Says, watching live today with my five-month mink. That's right. Well, I think of it, every time I read that, I think, isn't there an animal called a mink? Isn't it like a ferret or something? Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, he means a combination of racial slurs between Irish and Chinese people. Not a tiny animal that makes beautiful coats. Yeah. Well, at least uh, until his 930 bedtime, we decided to let mom have the long weekend to herself. So baby and I stayed at my folks while she stayed home. Well, all the best to you and Aww. your family. And, you know, every time we talk about 
uh, child development and even what we're talking about at the top of the show, I've realized you know, my son's a year old does not sleep on my chest anymore. You know, we used to watch TV and th- that's, he, he just doesn't do that anymore. Or refuses. So that, oh, no, Emmeline did it today. Uh, well, that, that era is already lost for me, at least with this particular, uh, little boy. So, um, oh. I would say enjoy those moments cause, uh, you never know t- tomorrow they're gone. Thank you, Zach. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck says strength through unity, unity through faith. Brandon prevails. Mandatory, mandatory. The 6th of January, the insurrectionist plot. I know with no question that the insurrectionists should never be forgot. It, there were a lot of V for Vendetta themes there. And uh, thanks to the segment, I am now fully aware of the references. So <laughs> yeah. it is functioning as intended. Uh, thank um, you, Mr. Logan. Hunky Flew my first airplane the other day. It was almost as awesome as the aftermath of an Austrian painter. Did we read this? I was going to say, where are you picking up at? Because I have Max next. Getting kicked out of art school. Did you read that already? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Up a few more should be Max. Weird. Max, thank you. No, no. Megan Davis. Hello, Matt and Rebecca. Thanks for allowing Nick, who's a total Chad, to share his story with your viewers. We love (laughs) you guys and the show. You guys are the best extremist fascists around. Stay safe. And God bless you both. Thanks, I, Megan. Uh, yeah, Is that I, his woman? I wasn't going to uh, out anybody, but um, but I, I suspect that Megan we might love have you. a... You're very special. ...a particular special. connection to the story. So thank you for uh, thank you for your help in bringing it to our attention, Megan. Appreciate I it. I bet she's hot. This kind of stuff doesn't happen to couples that aren't good looking. <laughs> the ATF objectively assessed it before they visited. Totally. Because um, gun owners on the whole are better looking than non-gun owners. It's probably some truth it. to that. Walter Mellon, mega is outdated. We must expand it and make North America great again. Shout out to my Canadian and Mexican <laughs> N-words, but mega. You could say Naga. Yeah, <laughs> it's make North America great again. All right. Well, Mexico didn't really fall for this vaccine BS. Yeah. Um, and now that I've been to Canada and seen what a city filled with Asians runs like I'm totally into Canadians too. Hmm. So maybe maybe America's third on this list now. Hmm. Man who still has a penis. <laughs> a dickless troon leaf who does fart porn is doing everything he can to ruin the internet because he doesn't like people knowing he sends HRT to children behind their parents' back. When they shut down the Kiwi farms, they will come for all of us. Who is this? There's been an ongoing war with this person. I've seen it indirectly through Nick Rakita through on Twitter. But there's this battle with this, apparently this trans person who does fart porn and uh, sends HRT uh, to children. And there's been a battle about that. And I don't understand it fully because I haven't followed it closely, but that's what it's about. We need to get one of these livestock guns. (laughs) Defensively, Susan. Chris Chang. Saw the birthday boy pictures earlier. He did so much better than my daughter a few weeks ago for her birthday. Parenthood is an adventure and I carry everywhere I go with her. Except the pool. <laughs> well, uh, happy birthday to your daughter and all the best to your family. And uh, he is, uh, thankfully, he's a pretty skilled eater and decently skilled sleeper, too. So yeah. he's got the baseline skill set down. And uh, that is appreciated. Boogeyman917. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, he's Boogeyman917 says, cheers. Cheers, cheers to, to you. you. A bug says, I agree with my Canadian brother about unification. <clears throat> Nagas unite. <laughs> All right. Colton Regal says, happy birthday to Calvin. Looks exactly like you, Matt. On a separate note, 
what would it take to get blonde to sing darling nelly gray on air i don't know that you've ever sung on air no what at is least this? not anything serious Mm-mm. uh we'll see uh, maybe he'll grow up to be a a, a mini me i don't know i i suppose he it's so hard for, for me to see but i suppose he does look like me everyone's telling me that so i guess he i'll does. believe him Matty O says, hey, guys, sorry, it's hard to contribute on Wednesday. Uh, listen on demand on the grave shift, though. Gilgamesh. Uh, um, wait, wait, you can't. Oh, no, I'm listening to the song. It's- <laughs> you can't call him girly voice guy with what cool mom always makes my ears bleed and then Phil the legend or Batman come in to clean up. Alpha. Love you guys. You can't call out. Leave the callers alone. Oh, Matty O. No, I appreciate your support for the show, and uh, I appreciate their contributions to the show as well. He doesn't have a girly voice, does he? Does he? That's what Matty O is saying. I suppose we'll have to resolve this perhaps on a Wednesday stream sometime. We've had some shit talking between callers or messengers, but we've never yeah. had the actual showdown. So, uh, Long Dong John says, uh, maybe buy him one of those twins hat, Matt, uh, and you'll see the uh, resemblance a little bit better. Well, but thanks. Where is uh, baby flannels? Uh, we did have like a flannel onesie. He's outgrown. I don't know that I no. currently have any proper flannel onesies of size. The thing is, um, uh, he actually hates hats. So, so far that's a non-starter. No. Um, as far as like, we've bought some outfits like, you know, flannel shirts and, and overalls and things that are uh, quote unquote cute. And he just, he hates, like he hates wearing pants. He doesn't mind onesies. Pants are difficult. Um, anything that has like collared or buttoned. He hates it. Yeah. So it's, you might be able to get a quick photo, but that's other than that, he's just gonna be raging. <laughs> so, but uh, perhaps uh, that'll change. Zach Coggins says, funny story. I told my wife about my mom's late dad who is a staunch or was a staunch racist with a heart of gold. He likely would have, uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, called my son, his sea slur for Chinese people, little grandson. And now she calls him, her sea slur for Chinese people, little baby. <laughs> Endearing racism. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is a thing. That is a thing. Yeah. I made a career out of it. <laughs> um, Phil, the general population will always follow the strong horse. Brandon and, his, and, and the Potomac regime know this. Everything they do is in service of this view. They also don't believe there will be a real backlash from the right wing, probably for good reason. That's true. Yeah. I don't think there'll be a, yeah, like a, a, a a real backlash in this context would be like something of, of actual consequence to them. I think I, I do believe that they want to provoke the sort of uh, criminal tomfoolery that happened on the sixth and other events. But I, yeah. if, if, if he believed that his life would be in danger by doing this, obviously he, he wouldn't. So uh, point taken on that. Um, but I guess the only thing I'd have to dispute is, well, trying to appear strong and actually being strong are two different things. I suppose it's fair for Phil to say he's trying to appear strong. <laughs> Whether you yeah. interpret it as strength is uh, is another uh, is another matter. Oh, we have tons of these. Um, Adam N says I've been to jail and prison, and I've had detectives offer me plea deals. The Gavin situation sounds like he may have gotten busted with something for real, and now is turning state's evidence. Oh my God, that would be the worst. That's Maybe. worse than a hoax. Maybe I, uh, if I hear Wait, some, wouldn't they still have to report that they, that they arrested him? Well, that's the thing. Generally, uh, if there was some sort of warrant served, if there was an arrest made, there's going to be a public record of that. And so far as, as, at least as far as I've seen, there isn't one. 
and that's a point for fakery as well. That's true. Um, Augusto Mimache says, speaking of things that aren't in the Constitution, right to life, there's no way a government can ensure that you don't die. <laughs> there is no express right to life. That is true. Well, there's, uh, <laughs> well, there sort of is. You can't be deprived life, liberty, and property without due process, that sort of thing. But the idea that the government guarantees that you live right. uh, beyond That's, all intervening factors is, of course, impossible. Yeah. But it, what that means is the government doesn't have the right to take your life without fulfilling certain uh preconditions so yeah i i I think your point uh stands it's it's sort of uh, everyone dying would be a violation of the right to life in the context that maybe he's talking about yeah yeah incompetent hands um speech is violence but also silence is violence so basically say what we say or we'll hit you also, you're a fascist when the left <laughs> says privilege. What they really mean is morality. They're not lying. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you've cranked the code. That would make, Kim, it make sense. Thank you. Um, happy birthday, Calvin. Praying you grow up to be a strong and courageous man ready to stand for truth and as principled as your father. But hopefully with way better movie taste. That's true. You know. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Kim. I appreciate it. And uh, appreciate the support for the show as well. Thank you. Phil, friend, enemy is the I only distinction that matters. In the current year, it's okay when we do it. It's a crime when they do. Guess who had another hit to that effect? Sam Harris on Twitter. He's back at it again. Oh, no. Oh, man. Uh, Biden doing this is a gaffe. But if Trump had done this, it would be the end of the republic. Something like that. Seriously? Again, it's like if if Trump did this exact same thing, what a disaster. But Biden is is making a, a small mistake here. He might want to reconsider. Okay. I I feel so vindicated because I always knew Sam Harris was full of shit. My wife says the same thing, so I guess I should have listened to both of you. Yeah. Seven years now, D. Benman Benham says thank you, thank you, D. Um, D's nuts. I hate myself. It's your turn. (laughs) Thunderstorm says, "Quote: It is better to be violent if there's violence in our hearts than to put on the cloak of nonviolence to cover impotence." This is a quote from Adolf Hitler and Mussolini pen pal. And friend of Gandhi, uh, Gandhi, uh, and friend, Gandhi. comma, Gandhi, and friend Gandhi. Yeah, Gandhi says could, that. If I could, I read. love it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, he Gandhi was pen pals with Hitler and Mussolini. That's what he's saying. I thought it was a quote of Hitler. Okay, this makes sense. Uh, that's interesting. Of course, Gandhi famous for his uh, nonviolent philosophy, but you're telling me that even he understood that there are points at which it is morally necessary, which yep. is the very basis of self defense. Again, like shooting a person and I'm going to be very careful here, Susan, shooting a person can be both a morally unjustified aggression and a morally justified defense mechanism. Yep. The circumstances define that. But to say that shooting a person is always wrong is clearly not true. Mm -hmm. The question is, under what circumstances would that be justified? The same thing applies in, in this political context when they say political violence is never justified. It's not me calling for violence. It's just me acknowledging with historical reference that there are circumstances in which it is. And we have to evaluate our current circumstances according to those rules. Real Hydro PX says Biden is jealous of Trump. While Trump is hated and the mainstream media is against him, he still has 75, 75 plus million supporters, unlike Biden, who has Hunter and wife. Well, and 80 and the most votes of all time, all 81 plus million. Mm-hmm. Don't forget yeah. that. Don't forget that. <laughs> Matty O says, I said last week about Christ 
not Christ, but Christ. I got it right this time. Charlie Christ running for governor of Florida. Biden calls out his enemies and fights for his people. President Kushner uh, made Biden like speech in 2020 during St. Floyd riots and country burning. He'd still be uh, president. Oh, you're talking about Trump as president Kushner. Uh, right. Well, I, I wonder, I mean, I, the thing with Trump, I, I'm so torn about him as a candidate because, uh, because he inspires so much loyalty and because he inspires so much opposition. I'm not sure that if he had gone out and done something like that during the summer of love, it probably would have been seen as uh, admirable strength for a certain segment of the population. Another segment of the population would have hated him if it's possible to hate him any more than more, they already did. Yeah. I suppose there's an argument to be made if they're going to call you some authoritarian well, I mean, if that's all they got, then what difference does it make whether you actually do it or not? That's not me saying he should do authoritarian things or not. It's just, I guess I wonder what the ceiling of hatred for him actually is. Is there room to be hated any more than he already is or not? Yeah, yeah I probably. I mean, they aren't really committing mass uh, killings of people on the right. Uh, well, I, uh, wait, who's they? What do you mean? I don't know, your standard leftist. Like, I think if, if they had any more hate in their heart towards Trump and Republicans, oh. that they would just be murdering us in the street. I right? see. Uh, yeah, we don't have much more room to go, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not there yet, so there's clearly some room. Maybe a little. D. Benham says, happy eighth birthday, Delaney, my daughter. She'll get a kick out of this. Well, I disavow Delaney watching the show. I love that name. But happy, so cute. happy birthday nonetheless. And that is uh, that is a cool name. I do like that. All the best to your family. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Steve Jobs says, take over. Is this the real Steve Jobs beyond the grave? Take over farming. Check. Cause supply chain collapse. Check. Wait for uh, world leader in the know, Putin. Uh, Xi B. Ping to react. Hoarding food. Check. Outlaw fertilizer. Check. Crackdown on Amish and other old school farmers. Check. Famine is coming. I hope yeah. not, but uh, it's uh, I, there's no question that I'd like to have a few extra cans in the pantry just to be safe. You should watch the road. It'll help you. <laughs> okay. Uh, wicked Masshole. Did you read this? No. No. This, okay. Uh, people are complaining about Bolsonaro prepping to stay in power despite losing his upcoming election, but after that abominable speech, I am worried about Biden. Are you? Um I'm not worried about Biden per se. You know, he had a, he had a team of people writing that speech. He really is the um, impotent figurehead of a more competent and malicious group of people. I saw uh, it reported that this whole speech was his idea. No, I, but there's no way. I find that hard. to Is anything his idea these days? No. Yeah. I, he wouldn't be putting his pants on in the morning of his own accord. Did you see the video the other week of Jill Biden physically pulling him away from reporters no and, and by the way in this speech she handled him out to the podium she walked him out to the podium too she at times physically moves him to where he's supposed to be do you think that they're giving him like uppers to deal with all of this I, there's got to be some kind of the old judy garland treatment <laughs> and then quaaludes at night I, maybe they got the mix about right for this speech he went into that like clenched fist rage mode but he wasn't 
as much as I hate the content of the speech, he didn't strike me as ragey as I've seen him before. It wasn't as yelly as I've seen him at times. So maybe it was the, the most coherent speech I've ever seen him. Get. Maybe they got the mix about right for this one. I don't know. Yeah. The, the letters on the teleprompter probably so big. They're each like, <laughs> Like this big. MAGA Republicans are an extremist threat. Clench fists. Shake about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Knuckle <laughs> yeah. Hunky Buck. Make America Great Again is a threat to the country. Make America Great Again cannot be patriotic. Sure thing, Brandon. Sure thing. I know. It's yeah. inherently patriotic. Idiot. Hillbilly Deluxe. Based on Brandon's approval rating, does that mean that he is an extremist? He's no. not in the majority for job approval. Based on Peppermint Blackie's description, <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> wow. Just once mob rule. I I don't know. Everyone's complaining about her. I love her. I think she is great uh, because she is single handedly dispelling the myth that black people and lesbians are competent. <laughs> that might that might be a little broad, but uh, <laughs> I, you I, know I'm joking. Okay, I was going to say that, that's that might be a little aggressive. But the point that uh, that she was selected for criteria. Outside. But that's the only reason she was selected. Right. Um, and it's, it truly is an argument against uh, against affirmative action hiring. It's like she can't sure. do this job. Sure. Uh, Jen Psaki was way better at this than she was. I think that's indisputable. Uh, yeah. Jen Psaki is, a, is an excellent liar. She's very skilled. Very good. Um, and she was only but, half the affirmative action hire. Well, she just has the, whim, the woman point, right? Because Ginger doesn't Oh, yeah. Count. Woman, black, lesbian. So a third of the affirmative yeah. action hire. Yeah. yeah. Ginger doesn't count. You guys know I'm joking. JK. Um, like, Hal damn, Edwards. dude. Holy cow. <laughs> uh, Hal Edwards. Joe should just admit he was freaked out on drugs during the speech, and we should all just forget it. Hey, we're not the only people with that theory. Hmm. Um, nuke the ice caps. These people are not lying to you. They view us as a threat to the direct democracy they desire to impose. The democratic republic we live in and believe in is a threat to their desired mob rule. Yes. That is true, but um, it's also not going to protect any of us. So I think we need to think a little more broadly about how we're going to deal with this problem. Hmm. Uh, Hal Edwards said, oh, we already read that one. I think our order gets a little off, um, but let's see. Knuckle Hunky Buck, you haven't read, right? The no. only greater pride I could take than being uh, the only greater pride I could take than being called a patriot by my countrymen is to be called an enemy by a tyrant. That's a that's a. Nice yeah. way of phrasing it. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's more eloquent than what I said. Dr. Devote. Good day from down under. Got uh, a, a roster day off. So F it. We're watching it live. Well, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thanks for supporting the show. Let's see. I need to refresh. Do you have what's up after that? Margie. Thank yeah. you. We've missed you, Margie. S. Devil. Hey, guys. Love the show. I've been watching since the very first episode. Wow. Oh, no. And I've never interacted in any way aside from supporting the website. Hope the show keeps going for a long time. We love you. Thanks so much for being around for coming up on seven years. Hmm. Rounding the base to a seven years. Um, Maddie O., Blonde, I heard you say Wednesday some silly loser was afraid to come on your channel because of spicy content. Any loser that is <clears throat> like that is not worth your time. Your interviews are always bold, heroic people, not fence sitters. I was mostly joking. I Somebody just sent me a clip of um, academic agent. Uh, he was on a live stream and he was looking through my last like five interviews. And he's like, I don't know. I kind of like to fly under the radar a little bit. <laughs> hmm. Like, I think this might be a little too... My plan was to go out in a blaze of glory and I'm just like still here on the internet. Well, I, I, you're going to have to 
how do I phrase this without it sounding weird? You're going to have to counter bait Joe Biden. Yeah, really? <laughs> Who else could I get on, though, that's going to get me kicked off? This is taking forever. Uh, the ghost of Adolf Hitler. What about David Duke? Would that do it? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe yeah. uh, Steve King. Go get oh, Steve King. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, Plum Logan. Matt and I once made love as my dark Brandon Rose. I filled his solvent <sighs> trap. Then he squeezed and we were both covered in malarkey. That said nothing, but was highly graphic. He's a fag. <laughs> Some, someone sent one. me that soprano one and Susan allowed it. So I got to make use of it. Uh, XSP, XCP, a 10,000 million jobs. I mean, I'm sure they created some jobs, but that seems like a lot. I think the jobs reports are fake. They are fake, but yeah. that was a misspeak. Um, to education, will the American people ever, ever, ever have a line in the sand? Well, we can't talk about it, can we? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I we're we're going to be perpetually pushed toward that line until uh, eventually the pushing stops. I don't know how that's going to end, but it doesn't seem like these people have any intent on stopping. So I think it either ends with um, self-defense uh, measures deployed or it ends with camps that are non-extremist because the majority supports them. I know. I don't look forward to finding out the uh, resolution to that question, but it seems like that question is being pushed and. Uh, Thank you for uh, supporting the show. Again, uh, good Second Amendment content over on the 2AEDU channel. And uh, yep. yes, if you if you want to hear more about all the uh, all the adventures of the ATF coming up in the next year or so, I'm sure he'll be talking about it. The Mike David Smoke Show. I don't know y'all, but I had a great time watching the prelude to Darth Depends, Revenge of the Sniff Lord. <laughs> Darth Depends. Darth Depends. That's, like that's a good one. I like that. Come on, man. Uh, switch. Uh, the Come only... On, man. Uh, I don't even know how to read this. Nyrenalmed? I'm sure I got that wrong. Oh, wait. Uh, but thank you for supporting the show. Appreciate it. Uh, Esoterica Unbound. Some time ago, a family member told me that Trump psychologically broke the dams. Biden's black mass... Homily. Black mass homily. What is that a reference to? I don't know it's what like that... It's like a dark mass liturgy. Okay. Well, it appears to prove the point. Are, are there no adults? Are there no adult sane people in the the woking in the White House? No, there there are not. There are crazy people who want to dominate you. They they are looking for your enslavement. <laughs> They're just trying to take the slow creep to get there and bait you into attacking them yeah. to further subject you to their rule. Uh, let's see. Esoterica Unbound also says if these <laughs> gormless chuckle fucks. Succeed in stirring up some kind of kinetic discontent. I like that term, too. Do they really think they can put the genie back in the bottle? The danger is overreaction by all the armed yahoos with Fed badges. Um, I think I think they actually do think that. I think to Phil's point earlier, I think they do. That if they believed that, that serious consequences were coming their way, they wouldn't do this. Yeah. Um, I think that they're kind of foolish. I think the more they push this, the more serious conflict becomes likely. But I suppose they think that they are so insulated by all of their uh, all of their Fed resources that uh, they're they're unstoppable. They're unbeatable. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But it, it seems like they want to test that theory. Slayer Mill says a friend of mine got a routine checkup and the doctor asked her if she owned any guns. He asked under the guise of suicide prevention, despite her having no mental health issues. Obvious backdoor registry attempt. You know, um, mm, totally. I was actually asked that in the context of one of our pediatrics visits. 
and uh i didn't yeah i didn't i didn't uh didn't answer that particular question <laughs> i, I lied, just but, lied to my pediatrician's face every time I, but are you co-sleeping yeah no it's like none of your damn business and i don't know what they intend to do with it but also that, that sucks because me saying i'm i'm not going to answer that they know what the answer is when i say yeah. i'm not going to answer that yeah trapped to the world uh says extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice and moderation in pursuit of justice is no virtue. Barry Goldwater. I'm a proud extremist for liberty, prosperity, and the American way. Well phrased. I, I'd forgotten about that quote, but it is relevant presently. Um, let's see. We do have uh, a few more to go, and we're a little past time, but are you good on time? Um, I think we can finish this right. up. Yeah. Chicken Fried Monkey says, uh, I just want to thank the ladies of Blonde's Telegram for being so kind and generous to me when I asked for help with a vet bill accrued when my cat suddenly got very sick and ultimately did not make it. Those ladies are amazing. Uh, amazing community. Much love. <laughs> Blondes hens on telegram, right? They're very sweet. That's awesome. Uh, not awesome. I mean, I'm sorry about uh, your cat, but <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to see the community come together in that way. That's great. And uh, all the best to you and to your family. I'm sorry about the loss. Beaver liquors. Hello from Vail, Colorado. Love the show. Keep up the excellent content. Well, thank, thank you, you for that. Appreciate it. You want to take over? Sure. Ishmael Riviera Rivera. I, Ishmael Rivera. I sorry. Every time I read your name, I fuck it up. Blonde is right on accelerationism. Jordan Hall's Blue Church Red Religion observation says the Blue Church is already collapsing. We just have to hang in there during the decline and continue mocking and delegitimizing hmm. it. That's really what this life is about now. It's like we just have to just hang in there. Just hang in. I don't know if we're really going to get anywhere politically, but as long as we we stick around and survive. Bill Badson, if you think the road was depressing, you should read the book, read Blood Meridian. It will never be made into a movie, though. Listen, the road ruined my week. Like, I, I could not sleep. And movies don't have much of an effect on me, but it was just, mm. just devastating to watch, punishing to watch. Nuke the ice caps. Here's 10 bucks just to get Matt to watch the road. Children of Men is the same thing, but slightly less depressing. Maybe start there. Both those movies are just so oh God. If, if, I think he uh, might he might be fine watching them. Though. Movies, it's hard for a movie to mess me up. Occasionally, there's like a violent image that sticks in my mind. Like it's never like most of the time, gore doesn't bother me. But every once in a while, just something gets me. The last time something really messed me up, oddly enough, was spoiler alert on The Walking Dead. Like what ten years later, maybe not quite that long, but. When Glenn, uh, Glenn Glenn's did? death, yeah. the Asian guy's death in The Walking Dead with the baseball bat and the eye. That was gruesome. That image just like burned into my brain and I couldn't sleep the entire night after that. It was really bizarre. There's one like that on the road. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Article one is Citizen Seven. Article one, Section nine of the Constitution states that no bill of attainder ex post facto law shall be passed. What this means is that the government cannot retroactively make something illegal. The ATF's move is BS. Yeah, and I that's guess, why Nick did such a good job dealing with this. Yeah, I uh, I admire his calmness under pressure. And um, and I guess they would say, well, we're not making it retroactively illegal. It was illegal the whole time. We just didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> assholes. I, th I think that's what they're doing. Envy. Listen here, Jack. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall cost $200 and require a federal background check. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Four days ago, five days, five ago. days ago. That is the Biden reading of the Constitution. The most faithful there is. 
Colton Regal. If you like the Coen brothers, definitely watch their ad adaptation of True Grit. It's got everything, Christian themes, action, historical accuracy, old-fashioned morals, redemption, and hope. Definitely a must-watch. I like that. The original one's better. I have actually seen that like when it came out. And I am I guess I wasn't even aware that it was a Coen brothers movie. But didn't that come out like so many movies. 2009 or something? I, I saw it around like when that. it came out. So I haven't seen it really... I mean, I was a young adult then, early 20s, but I haven't seen it anytime recently. Holden Mulray, hi, Truth Seekers. Apologies, my chats get a little broken up earlier and did not come in together. I was trying to demonstrate Abraham was looking to an eternal citizenship. Mm. Have a great weekend. Yes, maybe all of us would be less stressed out if we had more focus on our eternal consciousness. Mm. Um, doesn't matter. That's very linear, Sheriff. Age will flatten a man, Wendell. There was some good scripting. I forgot to mention that. I did put it in the written review. But that scene with the newspaper, he also says uh, something, par paraphrasing here, I don't think we need to investigate that scene with all the dead cartel guys because it looks like deaths by natural causes. Well, how yeah. do you figure they died of mm -hmm. causes natural to their line of work? Yeah, I think is yeah. what he said. Something like that. Did you notice right. that that, uh, that second cop, the goofy cop, was also uh, one of the main characters in um, the Jesse James movie? Was he in that? Because yeah. the reason I recognize him is because he's Jack McCall in Deadwood, the guy who kills um, Wild Bill Hickok. I didn't watch that, but I was so maddened when I was rewatching the movie. I'm like, how do I know that guy that I looked it up? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Knuckle Hunky Buck. No wikis for old Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two two um, wikis from old Matt. That's not uh, fair. <laughs> Anton Chigger says we're going to. Did I just say something? No, no, that's racist. the that's oh, the okay. hitman's name in No No Country for Old Men. He's ah. uh he's pulling out his silent shotgun right now. Uh, we're going to have a chat about this movie review, Matt. Oh man, he's going to bring his coin to come flip at my house. Yeah, Bill Biz Biden handlers are all about deflection. That is true. Colton Regal cigars killed my uncle Phil. I knew someday they'd get him. He bent over in the street to pick one up, and a bus drove by and hit him. Hmm. Am I was that supposed time? to be poetic? It is. It rhymes. Yeah. General Grievance. Ten billion wasn't the jobs added. It was the White House budget for Biden's speed allowance so that his handlers ah. can achieve the functional level of an eight-year-old. Yeah. Matty. Oh, seriously, Matt? You're not even finishing my chat, dude, for having a little fun with the Wednesday show. This is why I hate the new system. At least when Blonde reads the chat, she doesn't censor. Come on. What? I, no, I didn't censor. I think, he, I, I think I thought, he read the whole thing. Did I miss part of it? That's an honest mistake. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't intend to do that. I'm sorry if I did. We're on a new super chat system um, where some things get by. Or so perhaps I just got lost in a point of discussion midpoint through the chat. I should commit to a better system of finishing the chat before offering commentary if that's what I did. I apologize. Bahina fam. Biden shouldn't be compared to Hitler. Hitler was legitimately elected off. <laughs> That's true. All right. And last one is D. Benham. I can't even get her mom to watch a show on politics, much, much less my eight-year-old, but I'll show her the clip and she'll dig it. Maybe we'll get her later. Ah, yeah. And I, she's I, older. Apologies to uh, Angel of Sorrow over on DLive because DLive doesn't feed into our new system, so I have to go back there manually. I missed the chat from earlier, but I'm coming back at the end of the show. Angel of Sorrow says it's freedom fighter, blonde freedom fighter. But what? I don't remember exactly what we were referencing earlier. I think it's just about terrorists in general. The, what's <gasps> terrorists and freedom fighters? What's uh, Sam Hyde? What's that about? That'll that'll get me nuked, right? Well, didn't he just threaten to kill Hassan Piker or something? Uh, what's that about? I Perfect. Yeah, I love it. Why don't you have a stream about the plot to kill Hassan Piker? 
then you'll then you'll be banned which uh which i disavow entirely okay mm. i'm not <laughs> i don't even understand the context it was like a some kind of boxing or mma fight that sam hyde did and at the end he said i'm coming to kill hassan piker in real life <laughs> I, I don't even know why uh, but it's been discussed across the internet and across twitter for the last week or two well thanks all so right. much for watching you guys yeah i think we're all set let me give it a quick refresh we are good uh well thanks again uh to our guest um uh nick this evening and thanks thanks to him for making time to us to explain all the uh, dangers of the ATF antics these days. Appreciate uh, him for doing that. Of course, that's at Nick, Nick FL1776. Make sure I get that right. You can follow him there. Thank you guys uh, for tuning in live and uh, for supporting the show and for your clever chats. That is appreciated as well. Uh, if you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Uh, if, the, if you are uh, looking for more material, you can't get enough. You need more to listen to. We do have more stuff on the audio platforms of the show, including uh, replays of the Wednesday call-in show, some of Blonde's interviews, extra material you may not find on YouTube, all linked in the description and over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Anything show-related, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a good night.